What up, son? Yeah, get it. <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's Angelo P. And I'm Marvin with the W-I-W-L. <laughs> it's me, man. I'm Will. He's a Will. <laughs> it's a good intro. It's a good one. <laughs> you know, it's like every week I do that. Hello! <laughs> you know, with the fake I'm really happy voice, and I'm like, I got yeah, something different. <laughs> so, that's something different, fuck it. Uh, but yeah, this is the Pittance Podcast. This is episode number 105. Um, had a couple of limited GPs to go over for this week, a uh, little policy change. We got something in store for you a little later. We're just going to just baseless speculation is what I'm going to call it. We're just going to guess the way the storyline is going to go over the next few years. So this could get completely absurd and out of oh, hand. It's going to get bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, got, you know, Will's going to bring the trivia this week because as last week, I fucked him up. Uh, what I did was I was like, okay – I punched in magic trivia into the Google, right? And then I got like these questions where it was like, who was the first person to escape from a trick straight jacket locked up with three, uh, four bolt locks? And I'm like, wait, 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 that's not what I want. So I swear, like all the way up until you said bolt locks, I thought you were going to say a magic card. Like what? Like someone won a tournament in bondage gear? (laughs) Three copies of X card? Yeah, yeah, no, no. So then I'm like, okay, that's not what I want. So I punch in magic the gathering, right? Yeah, and I just picked, I'm like, Magic the Gathering trivia, I picked this random site, and it was like, okay, cool, so I was just like, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, and I'm sick, so I'm not even like, proofing them, I'm just literally just reading, and turns out they had one of the answers wrong, like, Legends was not the first expansion set, I should have picked that up even sick, but I'm just like, it was Arabian Nights. <laughs> Fact. So Arabian Nights was a cool set. If, if the cards were actually did anything at all, it would have been a really fun set. But like, um, not not thoroughly designed top down. Well, it was the Dark Ages. They don't. They don't I know, I know, but man, you know, like I, I really like the setting. I think it's really cool. Yeah, like Aladdin's lamp could have been so cool. It, I mean, that's a fine card. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Aladdin's ring, but yes, like, you, are. <laughs> you know. But just, anyway, we digress. We digress, and we go off on wild tangents. <laughs> And this week, anyway, Will's going to be bringing you the trivia, so it should be right. You can blame him. I was an idiot. I'm sorry. But... I used the internet to find my answers, so it's it should be okay. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what we had this week was we had Team Limited, which I, I enjoy playing in. Um, I know you do as well. We fight on the same team. I love Team Limited. I think it's like the best magic format available. Yeah, very fun. The camaraderie means a lot. That we had a straight up. Limited. Plus, like you get a card pool to share. It's a giant card pool, and you get to build three different decks out of it. I, I, everything about it is great. It is. It's it's the one that I would recommend the most to somebody oh, for who sure. wants to go to a GP. Um, and we also had a normal limited GP with the new set, so we get a we get a feel for what the new the new formats look like, uh, as far as the better players see it, you know. I know I played online a little bit this week, and, uh, yeah, the worst players don't see it the way the better players see it. But anyway, in San Jose. Wow. <laughs> that sounds exotic. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had... Uh, the team limited going on and, uh, team Port Bun Oath won this. And for those what? who don't know what that team is, they are, uh, what's their name? <laughs> Pork Bun Oath. 
It's Efro. Man, that's a solid deck. I don't know. <laughs> Paul Gion and Eric Fro, like they they go at it together. That's a team that you know plays quite There's- often. Who's the third guy? I got Paul Gion, I got Froelich. Who's the third guy? LSV. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Who's he? Is he I, anyone? I don't know. He does a podcast. Really? Yeah, he does, actually. Podcaster. He's so cool. No, no, no. Like, he does limited resources now. He was Brian Wong. That's right. Person. I heard about that. Like, how, I mean, like, god damn it. <laughs> how are you supposed to compete with that? Oh, well. <laughs> LSV's pretty smart. He's very punny. I know. I love him. Anyway, the way these break down is there's only a top four. We don't do a top eight with these because they take forever. Dude, this top four is stacked. As team sealed typically is. Because you pick three of the best players in the world, you put them together. They're right, you just going increase to your odds. You're like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go eight and three, and you're going to go eight and three, and he's going to go eight and three. So we just got to make sure we don't all lose the same three rounds. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's all wow. the best players in the world. It's like, ah, you get your loss in, like, the first three rounds, and I'll get my <sighs> first loss in the first three rounds. Wait, all right, hang on. My favorite my favorite team I, I, I think I've ever seen, it was – uh, Martin Juza. Fuck, who's that? Not Saito, but the other Japanese guy. He's like really good. He's like won every Grand Prix ever. Shuhei? Yeah, Shuhei Nakamura, and then, uh, man, I'm brain dead today. Uh, Yuya Watanabe. That team is just ridiculous. Yeah. And they like speak Japanese at the table too. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, not even hiding what they're saying. It's just like, if you can understand this, you can. Right. Um, (laughs) So sick. Strangely, usually when we see these top fours, we usually see the, uh, Owen Turtwald, Reed Duke, and Huey Jensen team. Yeah, yeah, right. These guys, they must not have been there. Either they weren't there or they just finished out or something because, like, they're always in oh, these a, top fours. <laughs> but, you know, our, our top seed was, uh, Froelich, uh, LSV, and Cheon. And they actually played for this spot. Like in the last round. Played like, for the one seed. Yeah, that yes. makes sense. In this, it really does. Yeah, um, it's very important. It, like, the, sets up the draft position too. Yeah, yeah, it's, really it's bigger than you know a different gp when you're playing by yourself and you know you can go in as a four and it's not so big of a deal but going in as a one here it it really is a big deal so they went up against uh smith gifford and blum okay yep i don't i'm sorry guys i i don't know those guys names so that i mean that's the end i'm sure they're great magic players yeah but that's the end of teams that you might not know (laughs) (laughs) so but uh frolic scott vargas and Chion obviously advanced against them uh our next pairing in the uh, semifinals was uh, Ari Lax, Chris Fennell, and Craig Wesco. It's a good team. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a giant Ari Lax fanboy. I am. Y- yeah. Um, I Craig Wesco. I guess yeah. he was on uh, Ryan's show. Craig Wesco? Yeah. Ryan not, let, nailed him down. Really? Yeah. He went to the island? He went to the island. <laughs> <laughs> you don't stand a chance. <laughs> um, so, uh, and he, they went up against uh, Matt Sperling, <laughs> Dave Williams, and Paul Riesel. As also a oh, team of great magicians. Yeah, you, those are. You know what's bad? Whew. If this was a poker tournament, I'd take them the whole way. <laughs> I don't know, man. Efro's good. He's a serious poker player. Dave Williams is. I know. Really good. I mean, so is Matt Sperling. Dave Williams is just like. He's, you know, you watch him on the TV. man. I mean, like in the middle of the night, you turn on like yeah. you know poker after dark, and there he is. <laughs> He's a really good magic player too. He, like, he is. He uh. He thinks at a very high level. He's thinking four and five layers deep a lot of the time. And I'm sure all these guys are, but 
Like, he really can read people, man. He's sick at it. Yeah, it's it would be really scary if he didn't play poker. Oh, and took, and took magic seriously and did it full-time? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because so much of his time is, like, sucked up by the fact that he's playing poker five nights a week. Well, that's a better-paying job. It's a much better-paying job. But, I mean, when you f- take on the flip side of, man, could you imagine how good he could be at magic you'd, if you'd he so could? <laughs> but, you know what, I mean, it's great that he just gets to have a, a game and a hobby that he's one of the better players in the world at. Right, right. Um, so, uh, Sperling, Williams, and Rachel, they advance over uh, Lax, Fennell, and West go. And as I said earlier, uh, Frelick, Scott, Vargas, and Cheon win this goddamn thing. Uh, so, well, just as a recap, when we sit down day one and we're going to play Magic in one of these teams, how does that work? Well, what's going to happen is we're going to get, what is it, 12 packs of cards? 12 packs of cards for three and, players. And uh, so I guess they're going to get a 6-6 six, six split from the sets. Yes. And then you break it down and you build three different decks that sit in positions A, B, and C. And these things, to be realistic, they are so finely tuned. Well, it's because <laughs> yeah, because you have such a, a high, just a really big card pool, and the fact that you're actively playing all five colors, like you don't waste cards. There's no like, you know, of that disappointment of having a bomb in your seal pool that's the wrong color because you just give it to your buddy in CC and he plays it, and his yeah. deck is really good. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things that a lot of people who play uh, limited GPs and they go and do their sealed rounds, one of the things that they're really afraid of is, oh, crap, I opened a horrible pool. I'm just going to drop now. This was a waste of a weekend, waste of buying a hotel, blah, blah, blah. In these team events, that does not happen. It, I mean, most of the sealed pools are playable. You know, there, there's still some, some clunkers out there and some downright piles. But uh, for the most part, you can build some really powerful stuff. Yeah, usually in these team sealed because you are going over 12 packs like you said you know if your bomb's in the wrong color it goes to this other guy and right. you're opening so many cards that it's hard to miss yeah it really is i mean and then you get those strange formats where i've seen people sit down with three pack rats yeah a team sealed for that's and you're just like fuck that's stupid but you're opening that many packs you know yeah oh no absolutely but you're still a luck sack and i fucking hate you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <sighs> wasn't me. Ah, darn. No, I know. I mean, I was speaking. You know who you are, three pack rack guy. Yeah, really. Just sitting there going, "Okay, you got the win all day. You two just gotta pick it up." <laughs> yeah, um, but no. So you know, and then like you, you pair up and you play. It's what you get one sealed deck on day one, and then you get do you get two on day two? Um, I believe you get another set uh, day two. Okay, just one, and then you play through, and then they dr- and they draft the top eight, or top top four rather. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, team drafts, and the way you win the is I'll play best two or three against my opponent. Will's going to play best two or three against his opponent. And Seat C is going to play best two or three against his opponent. The team as a whole have to win two of those three games individually. So like so I yeah, have to win. Match match. Match. Right. Yep. Um, and that's how you get a win for your team. Um, so that's kind of how that breaks down. Now the drafting portion, you draft heads up against who you're going to be playing against. Yeah, you draft against the team, and it's only it's it's a it's a team draft like the the casual format that all these pro players love to do. You get three guys, and a lot of times you play for money, but in this case they're playing for a lot of money that's given through a sponsor, uh, and you sit in the seats. I'm not sure what the seating was for this. Is do you go team A, team B, team A, team B? Or, that's got to be how you go. It's you it's, it's actually team A, player A. 
Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, player A. It's it's not like in Team Rochester draft. No, it's not. Like like, back in the day, you yeah. would you would get all three picks for your team in a row. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. You right. actually like it'll sit down in your Team A seat A. You're going to take the first, and then you're just, then you're going to pass to Team B seat A. Right. This is why getting that number one seed was so important because it's like I'm passing to the guy I'm playing against. Where if you come in as the uh, lower seed, you're no longer doing that. You're actually being handed cards from the person right. you're going to be playing against. So it, right. it, in two packs out of three, that's happening. You're downstream. Yeah, you are. And that's not necessarily good for you. Um, so that's how the draft breaks down, sort of. And from there, it's just a straight-up draft. Like, you're drafting your deck. You don't get to go back and go, okay, what'd you get, guys? Let's build decks. No, no, no. Right, yeah, this is not the team environment. I mean, they get to help you in building it, but you don't share card pool. Right, no shared card pool like there is in Sealed Up. You do get to converse at the table with your teammates just like you would in the other parts. Uh, really cool event. It's very hard to cover. That That's my biggest issue with it. Um, it is, it's a lot going on. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to really watch this a whole lot, so I don't know what the big archetypes were, uh, in the, in the sealed portions, but generally it breaks down that there's some pretty traditional archetypes that get played in the various seats. Guess what? Craig Wesco, all day white red. <laughs> yeah, I'm not at all surprised that he played probably a lot of Mardu and a lot of Jeskai. He played white red all day. Yeah. There wasn't no other color, it was just white red. <laughs> I mean, so from what from what I do understand, though, like the black control decks were pretty good. A black blue, yes. Like, yeah, or, or like Abzan as well. Like, no, the black blue deck specifically. Like, oh sure, that one is very it, very good. Now that they have that mass board removal, and yep. you know, there's so much. Well, packs is a lot of chances. Yeah. Open yourself a wrath of God. Yeah, realistically, crux so. of fate. Um, the black-blue deck that kind of evolved around the players who did crack of that card. Mm-hmm. You know, they was playing a lot of that 2-8 fucking, you know, Mastodon that just blocks all day. That guy's so sweet. <laughs> um, that was a deck that really showed up a lot. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, I mean, like, the way it works, there's generally just an extremely dirtily late-game deck. Yeah, the uh, white-red deck was, like, the one that Craig Wesco was running a lot, uh, Wars... Uh, Whatever, the plus two, plus one, untap your creatures. That card would mm-hmm. shine this weekend. I'm I sure. felt, um, it leads to a lot of blowouts when you play with it because it's not, cause it's an instant. It's not inherently an offensive weapon. Right. It's very defensive at the same time. Like, you know, you can swing through and they're like, I beat him on a crackback. And then you cast this thing and you're just like, blow out. You're dead. I just killed all your creatures. All my crap's alive. You are so dead. And it's, it's really, you know, a versatile card, like figuring out when to run it is really cool. But, uh, we'll go over the top two teams lists, uh, if we have them all here. Uh, LSV, he was on a, uh, Sun Yu, the Silent Tempest style build. So I, I guess in one of his matches, either in the semifinals or the finals, he, uh, got to attack with a Sun Yu, a Shun Yu, or Shu Yun, and, uh, cast the, Give it double strike card, the teamer battle rage, and, and fork it for the win. (laughs) Which is is really cool. Yeah, it is actually. But, uh, this was another deck that showed up. This was the blue red, uh, you know, just burn them out. It's literally, it's a tempo control deck. Yeah. It's a great way to describe it. You have, you have early creatures, a lot of them. Hopefully having as much prowess as possible and then ways to control the board after that. Right, right. Um, 
He's he's just blue red too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very interesting aspect of this format as to how many two versus three color decks you have in your pool. I yeah, well, I mean, this is the draft. The thing is, like with the oh, new that's set, right, it's draft. With the new set, a lot of the best rares are single color, and they're, yeah, they're right. very, very powerful in Fate Reforged. Um, so you don't have to go. You don't crack that, you know, knuckle monkey and go. Oh, I guess I'm well, I have to be teamer, right? Right. You're not doing that here. You're going. Okay, I got a big fucking elephant here. That bolsters for five. Um, I know I'm probably going to be that? green. Yeah. Uh, what can I pair green with? And you just go, all right, I'm green black. I ain't going to touch any more colors because I don't need them. Um, so, you know, it's like... It's then, I mean, you do open yourself up to more power from your third pack if you're going to get, the, you know, the third color, for sure. You do. You do. Um, it's actually your second and third pack? Second and third, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting call on what to do. Yeah, but you do, I mean, the thing is, like, if you go two colors, you know it as well as, you know, everyone listening should know it, is that first two colors to three colors, the consistency of your deck, the difference between the two is just completely insane. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a dramatic difference in consistency, but then the question is the power consistency versus yeah. power, yeah. So yeah. I, I think it really makes it a, a very skill-intensive format. It does. I mean, I actually thought, because you know you're getting a dual land in every pack, I actually expected to see a lot more five-color. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I mean, yeah. I... No. <laughs> It did the cards happen. are the cards are pretty strong, so it it pulls you away from just picking everything good. If you just like have a good card in your color, you're not tempted to go just pick the best card, no matter what color it is. Right, right. Um, so Efro, uh, since you know you don't want to necessarily, you don't know what your teammates are picking, but you don't want to pick against your teammates. You know. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a you know strategy within it. Like talk about you can you can talk about in pre-playing, but really it's a draft, and you have to pick the card. You know, pick the cards for the deck that you're going to open, not try and force yourself into something. Right, right. Um, so what he decided to do was he kind of went Mardu. Um, I don't believe it's like a full Mardu deck. I think it's. Uh, he's uh, so he's splashing for a Ponyback Brigade. He's got a Bellowing Saddle Brute. He has a Sadisi's Pet that I think he very rarely unmorphs. Right. And a Mardu Rough Rider. See, like, that's a good, that's a good splash. It's, it's all, um, you know, four and five drops and higher, so it gives you time to find your splash color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two of them even, or one of them starts as a morph, which gives you even more time. But, like, the power level of these cards is just higher than anything you're going to get in straight white-red. Yeah, but at, he, at that level. But he chooses the white-red. Um, he got the Ghost Fire Blade, which is that's, that's good. everybody's favorite equipment in this format. Man, is it good. Um, Heel Cutter put in a lot of work over the weekend. I, I know I saw that quite a bit, and, you know, wow. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, so that's a fine card. That's two players touching on red already. That's a bit of an issue within one team. Uh, Paul Cheon, he was going blue, black, green. So, you know, he was rocking in some cell tie. Well, that's good. He's, he's totally off it then. Yeah. I mean, and he is true salt tie. Um, he's got the soothsayer in blue. Yeah. He definitely has. Some blue cards. Archfiend of Depravity is pretty sweet. Yes. Uh, I guess Typhoid Rats had a pretty big showing this weekend. Just having the ability to be a 1-1 guy who is a nuisance uh, in the early game offense and able to trade with anything has really given Black Decks another push as well. Yeah, it really, um, you're playing Typhoid Rats. I mean, I've noticed this myself. When you sit down against, like, an Abzan deck, they hate your life. 
Oh yeah, because they shut down like, most of their decks. Same with Teamer, they're just like, how do I beat these that? big, big toughness oriented decks? I mean, at least Teamer still has high power levels going for it. Like, you know, Abzan deck is definitely big butts, and they just hate Death Touch. Yeah, so. and I mean, like Teamer, it's like I need, I need Trample, I need Trample, I need Trample. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I have, I have definitely played a lot of uh, a lot of Typhoid Rats in the past. Yeah, I think a fine card. I, I think realistically, I mean, I've played it in the past, but it's usually like a one of. Yeah, one of. More than the one, and you know. I mean, I, got, I probably have another one or two in my board. Like, I love one one typhoid rats in the main, two in the sideboard. That's a sweet deck. Yeah, I think in this format, it's more two in the main, one in the side, mm-hmm. um, because there is so many just big things on. There's just a lot of dudes. There's a lot of big fucking boards, and having a, a terror walking around as a one one is awful. Right, right. I actually had somebody side in a. Uh, that crossbow against me because I had too many. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, so it says here Dave Williams had an illegal deck. He was playing 39 cards. That's what it says. God damn it. <laughs> um, Cheater. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't cheating. Yeah, uh, but he he got some white going on. He got a little bit of black going on. Let me see some green. Let me see some green. He's just white, black, man. Straight white, black. Um is he so? Is he forcing soldiers or uh, warriors rather? It doesn't. Well, he's got some warriors. Does he does have some warriors? Yeah, he's he's warriors. Um, Chief of the edge. Yeah. Chief of the scale. All yeah. right. He's definitely got the black white warriors thing. Do we have the. Uh, he does not have the enchantment. No, he doesn't have the uh, the one that draws you cards. I don't know. Raider's spoil. Are. Yeah. Yeah, he does not have Raider spoil. Um, he really doesn't have this. Like, I hate seeing Right of the Serpent Index. I just don't think that card's any good. Neither do I. Dallas Gloom is sweet, though. Harsh Sustenance is maybe reasonable. Sandblast is good. Throttle's reasonable. Murder's good. I mean, his, his removal's pretty fine. Deck's oh, not yeah. terrible. No. It's no. not, I mean, it's not like the bonkers white-black warriors, though. No, no, but it, it is a solid white-black warriors deck. Um, so that's what he's on, and, you know, I mean, he's, it's nine swamp, eight planes, so very balanced out as far as that goes. Uh, his teammate, Paul Rietzel, he is working him a little bit of a – see, uh, that would be Abzan. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to still remember that his name's – He's got some He's got some stuff. He's got a Dromka, the Eternal. I he heard that a, part's pretty good. He has a Yazova Dragonfall. In the same deck? In the same deck. That's pretty good. It is. It is. Uh, Saltai Emissary, that's a fine one one. Necrophilus. Dude, yeah, I love Saltai Emissary. I think that card's sweet. Yeah, I mean, they do that. A few manifests that I really like. Dromka, Yasova, Necropolis Fiend. I mean, wow, cards. <laughs> like, are you sure they didn't just, everyone gave their rares to Paul? Uh, you do not want to get to the late game of Paul. No, dude. He's yeah. got decent, he's got decent stuff to buy time until there, too. Like, <laughs> and Yasova is a turn three. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he can activate any of the abilities, though. I don't see any way for him to generate blue or red mana. So it's just a 4-2 trample for three, which is above rate. <laughs> a little bit. It's a little bit better than the bear because of the trample. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, he's got good removal, uh, kill shot, utter end, murderous cut. Debilitating injury. Yeah, reach of I shadows. Love, I like this card even more now in this new format because, like, in addition to the morphs and the manifests, I'm, you're also seeing a lowering of people's curves and high, more overall two two power or uh, two mana creatures running around. So yeah, just uh, it, this card is only getting better. It is, and it was already a fine fine card, and it still does work late game. Like that neg two neg two, it stays there. Like 
dude, that's real when you're playing against, you know, a four or five and you're like, yeah, let's make that a two, three. Yeah, that's a, that's a fine thing. Just to have it there and like not to be a trick, to just be a shrink is great. Yeah. Um, and then our last deck from Matt Sperling, um, he is on a kind of sort of just guy. It's mostly white red, but he has a little bit of blue in there. Um, so we had two different white red decks. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a blue red, a white LSB. red. Air Frolic was on white red. Yeah, white splash red black. splash black. Yeah, um, he was kind of more more do than he was more three colors than a lot of these guys. But I mean, it, I think white got drafted really hard this pool. White is really strong. And there's no way around it. White is really strong. So I think right red's now. really good too. So do I. Yeah. Um, which is which one I guess the reasons. Reasons. white red is a good thing to draft. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just hypothesizing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's pretty easy to see how, uh, uh not Sperling, the last player we just talked about. Rietzel. Rietzel got all those good green cards. Oh, yeah. The only green after. Cheon uh, was in green. Yeah, he did just barely touch it. He wasn't major green, was he? Yeah, uh, I know. He was like green, black, splash blue. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, six person at the table. Which, so, and I, I think that's kind of, I think it's kind of how the colors break down in this block. Like green, black is a real thing and white, red is a real thing. Yeah. And then like blue is just kind of hanging out in the other ones. <laughs> well, you know what? I've talked to a lot of people who really like to draft blue. Uh, I, I do too, but I think that's because it's a little bit underdrafted. And like when a, when a color is just a little bit underdrafted, it gets it really juicy. Like, yeah, maybe the like the total power level of the color is slightly lower than the other ones, but because you have you know more equity and less people drafting over it, then yeah. you, you know you're just able to get a higher overall power level for your forty. You have access to things like Treasure Cruise too, which is just which is a fine super card, super powerful. Like so you know, it's a fine card. I mean, that thing actually exists. And when you're in the middle of the game and your opponent has one card and you have two cards and you play Treasure Cruise and go, now I have four cards. Dude, you uh, think that's good? Uh, hidings. There <laughs> um, you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I spent one mana on mine because we're in the mid to late game. <laughs> I'm cool with spending five mana on a treasure cruise. Yeah, really. Uh, so that was uh, San Jose. A lot of cool things showed up there. Mexico City now where, you know, real, real limited. Real magic got played. Not that Westminster dog show. Uh, hey, First hey, 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 why fake Oh, edits? sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put in some strange word there. Yeah, Ryan's not here to believe it. I don't know what to do. Uh, so, our top eight broke down as such. And you'd think, oh, well, you know, right up the road, all those people was playing teams. So I'm sure everyone's, you know, just there. Uh, no. Uh, so we had Eduardo Dos Santos Vieira versus Mario Flores. Uh, Flores wins 2-0. We had, uh, Martin Yuza versus Andres Canaviti, or Canavati. Martin Juza, that guy, he like always makes top eights. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Canavati wins 2-0 by Yuza. Uh, Juan Carlos Botes versus, uh, Chapman Sim. Uh, Sim wins 2-1. We had uh, Chapman Axel. Sim's a good name, but Chapman Slim would be even cool. Yeah, it would be. Uh, we have Axel Martinez. That's a sweet one. Yeah, versus uh, Pascal Maynard. Pascal Maynard. We definitely talked about him a couple times too. Yeah, yeah, Maynard's Maynard's pretty good. Uh, He's pretty good. So he wins two zero. Uh, Pascal two one over Sim. Mario Flores two one over Andres Canavati. Uh, so we have Mario Flores versus Pascal Menard, and Menard wins 2-1 two, two, in the finals. Um, 
Si. How does Pascal Man, his first two cards I both like. You both like? I, I like both of them. That Dick <laughs> Hadar, the Agatar, the Adamant, and Teamer Sabretooth. Dude, I am so in love with Teamer Sabretooth. Uh yeah, you know, um Yeah, you just can't kill the damn thing. You can't, and you can't <laughs> kill anything else either. Like, like you like, like that thing's out, you just can't kill anything on the table as long as I have two mana. Like best case scenario that I've found when you're playing against the Sabretooth is hope that his other creatures have outlast counters on them and you can reset them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just gotta get small advantages. Like, I hope they have outlast, I hope they have plus one, plus one counters and not enters the battlefield triggers. <laughs> yeah, cause then I can at least reset them and maybe over the long term get bigger than it to where he can't do anything, but you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he has Dogatar, the, uh, Adamant, that's the OO that comes in with four, uh, tokens and you just move things. Yeah, you just move plus one plus one tokens to wherever you want to. Wherever, and that's from your creature onto my creature. I don't care. Right, that's right. How I do it? Um, from my creature onto yours. What are you gonna do? Another card that I actually like quite a bit. Uh, he has the Ambrush Crotog, um, and this is a five five Trampler for six. And when he enters the battlefield. Uh, you return another creature you control to its owner's hand. And it's an insect. Yeah, that card's really good. Like, you lose a little bit of tempo, but if you've already attacked with the guy this turn, it's totally fine. And he's just huge. Yeah, he's a 5-5 trampler. That's, that's, like, that's at the size where you really want a guy to have trample. Right, um. 5-5, five, five, no chumping for this shit. Deal with it. Yeah, the 5 butt is just like, especially now that, you know, there's Bathe and Dragonfire. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah, has that's become, a hard. Yeah, and that 5 butt is really become something that's like, that's important. Like, I can now dodge that spell. So that's taken a whole nother removal on. It really narrows it down to what could possibly kill you. Unless he wants to, you know, two for one. Okay. Uh, he has three Whisper of the Woods, so you know he's playing big stuff. Yeah, he's definitely has a lot of high casting cost stuff and a lot of color requirements. Yes, uh, Idoc Bod Kid. Still my favorite two drop in the format. It's a good one. Yeah, I mean, he just he can just take over games late. It's unreal. Um, he has a Marty Horde Chief, dazzling ramparts. Uh, kind of a shock. Kind of a shock. Yeah, you don't see. It's an 07, play. though. Like, and and he does want to get to the late game theoretically. Yeah, he's got some little guys, but for the most part, he's pretty heavy on mana. Yeah, it's an 07. It like, it, dude, if the blocks thing costs, everything. Right, but if it costs three, I'd love it. If it costs oh, four, shit. if it costs three, it'd be oppressive. Yeah, if it costs four, I would like it. I would still play it. Cast costing five is like at that spot where it's like, ugh, it costs five. I don't know, you know, for like, I, there's so many more powerful things you can be doing with your five drop in this format that it's just like, ugh, I don't. Yeah, know. but it also cancels all of the powerful things that your opponent is doing on your five drop if you didn't get a good five drop. Like, fair. You know, he he doesn't actually, I mean, he has the Sabertooth of four, he's got some sixes, and then, like, everything, else, yeah, that's the only five drop in this whole deck. Uh, yeah. Um, so he has Abzan Battle Priest. So he just, he just wanted to fill the curve. Yeah, Glacial Stalker, uh, Monastery Flock, Necropolis Fiend. Card's real good. Yes, it is. Uh, Murek Knight Blade. I really, I like this guy a lot too. In his deck, this deck, this guy is insane. Yeah, yeah. Good Abzan deck, it, and it just, it gets so much better in these decks, cause you are just got plus one, plus one counters everywhere. Um, Pine Walker, Kindry Warden, and Abomination of Good. Good Bill. <laughs> good. 
Um, is a Dune Blast because why not? <laughs> yeah. a revelation. That card's real good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ethereal Ambush. That's a card I was I was kind of speculating on. I think it's I think it's pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. Um, it's pretty rough to play against. Uh, <laughs> Grim Contest in his deck is insane. Yes. Uh, so he wishes he had three of that card. Yeah, but he has a Dune Blast, and with all them bombs, have you ever resolved the Dune Blast Unlimited? Yes, I have. Did you lose? With that game? Yes. No. no. <laughs> I, I played a Doom Blast. Are you kidding me? But just like Grim, Grim Contest, he has that Monastery Flock. He has Dazzling Ramparts. He has like a million guys with five butter more. Yeah. And, and plus one, plus one counters. It's insane. Yeah, it is pretty sick. Uh, so that's, that was our winning deck. Um, Obzon still. Good. I would not have picked this to be a winning deck if you just showed me the deck list, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, there's a lot of really powerful cards in there, and if it plays out right, you can clearly see it, you know. As His mana's example, good too. It is. Uh. Holy, his mana's good. He's just got, for days he's got dual lands. So, our next deck looks to be... Mario Flores was our second place finisher, right? Uh, I don't know, but that's the order they put it in. Yeah, he's our second place finisher, so they put it in the right order. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did, because Chapman Sims is the third. And he, oh, okay. And he actually lost to the eventual winners, so theoretically his third place, and Kanavati and fourth. They did it right. Thank you very much, Wizards Page. Put <laughs> them in the right order. They must have listened. That's different. Um, but yeah, he has like a little bit of Mardu, a little bit of Abzan going on. Um, He's four-color good stuff. I think that's fair. Uh, he has a Siege Rhino. He has three yeah. Obzan Guides. He has two Pony Back Brigades. Uh, he has a Destructor Dragon, because why the hell not? <laughs> that's the green one. I think that one's really good. So do I, just because it's a green flyer. It, yeah, it's a green 4-4 flyer, which is huge. So you got your 5-5 Trample and your 4-4 flyer. More than anything, it's just because it's a flyer. It's like it's a green flyer that can actually block. It's not like I mean, like that green flyer that blocks once. Yeah, it kills something, but then it's dead because it's a one-one. Exactly right. I think I think the the effect as well is not terrible. There are going to be times when that's useful. There's some enchantments out there. There's, uh, but you know, he's got a little bit. He got some debilitating injuries. Spike the monstrous. Uh, seek the horizon. Crux of fate. Crux of Fate is a sweet card. I think that makes up for his two banners. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Horizon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Grim Contest in this deck is pretty good as well. It's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, so not, Chap- as good as, not as good as the other deck, though. Uh, Chapman, he's got a Jeromka. Or a Jerome. Chapman's his first name. Yeah. It's, it feels like it should be his last name. Like, if he was, he could even be Sim Chapman, and I think that's a sweet name. Yeah, yeah. Chapman Sim's a good name too. Yeah, he could be Slim Chapman, and that's a I, good I, name, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, he's he's got himself a you know big five five dragon that bol- that uh, bolsters. That's that's always good. Um, he's got the stone retainers, and like I still don't know how I feel about this card. This is the uh, four four for three, but you have to cast something else yeah, first. You know what it is? It's uh, illusory angel from the core set, and that card's great. Yeah. But it doesn't fly, yeah. which isn't as good. And things are just so much bigger in this set. It's bigger, but, like, it really there, – there are decks that I absolutely love this card. Like, if I'm, like, white-red aggro, man, I want this card in my deck. Because I got all these shitty one-drops late game that I just don't want anymore. And, like, turning on a turn four huge stone retainers is really good. When, when you're already applying pressure before this card comes down, I think it's very powerful. But yeah, like, I, found I don't that, want to draft it early. No. I've found that on average, um, I, I myself have been dropping it like turn six. Although there are those times, and I've been playing it with Mardu, 
I think Mardu's probably a good spot for it because you're casting just a lot of two drops and one drops and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I want, I want, I mean, even if I'm in like the green, blue, all, all two drop deck, I'm like two and three drops, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, um, but. If I get it down turn, turn five or earlier, I'm real happy. I mean, there is those dream turns where you go typhoid rats and this. That's a good turn four. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he's got himself a Tusk Colossodon. I, that, that's a tough card to really, that huge stone retainers, like, I just, eh. I don't know yet. If it had flying, I would be all over it for sure. Well, no doubt, but so he has, he has, I knocked Onkin as a two drop. Yes. Man, not a lot of two. He's got Highland Game. He's got Kintring Warden. But I don't think this is the best Hewitt Stone Retainers deck. I think this is the deck that I don't want Hewitt Stone Retainers in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanavati. I'm kind of curious about the Ugin's Construct too. I like, I think that card's good. I do too. Um, eh. Uh, so, uh, Andreas Canavati, he's got the, uh, Dig Through Time blue deck. I mean, he's got some blue, he's got some green, I mean, it's not just all blue, <coughs> but it's, uh, it's your Saltai deck, but he's got a Dig Through Time in it, and that's legit, because in Limited, when you need an answer, digging through seven cards Dude, will I, get you that answer. I love his spells. <laughs> yeah. Like, Whisk Away, Reach of Shadows, Dig Through Time, two Saltai Charms and a Teamer Charm, and then he has, like, Bitter Revelation, Map the Waste right into being. Yeah, see, this is the deck that I would look at and go, ooh, wow, this should win first. Like, he has a Tassiger. He has a Tassiger? Uh, (laughs) He has two Abominations of Gadul. Uh, a Jeskai wing, wing Scout with those good spells. Frontier Mastodon is awesome. Yeah. It's the first time I've really seen that card. That card's awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, he's just got a lot of sick stuff in his deck, and I'm like, yeah, this is... His curve, his tempo's really good. Mm-hmm. Like his card quality, I, I wonder if he just didn't have mana problems or something like that. You know... Just got beat down by a two-color deck. Who'd he lose to? Uh, Carnavati. Lost. lost to Flores, who was... He probably just got Croxifated. Probably, he got Crux now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the rest of the decks, which, let's face facts, uh, four through eight were... Yeah, even though they played very well in the portion to get them to the top eight, they did not succeed at all in their, yeah, they were their top back- eight decks, so they're probably not decks that we want to... Yeah, they did not win a game, so I don't know that they're worth talking about. Um, and I'm sure there's at least one deck out of those four that's just this sick fucking deck that just had bad beats, but that's limited, that's magic, you know, it happens. Um, but, you know, somebody might have had a great deck and got crux out. <laughs> Jeez. I can totally see that. Uh, but, so, after looking at these two results from limited and, you know... Seeing what's going on as you know, in your eyes, what type of shift do you think this set has created? I mean I think I've already kind of touched on it a little bit, but you know, I think kind the of the format has accelerated. Like uh, at least the full turn. There's just there are better early drops. There are creatures that are just better than the two two morphs that are coming down and on turns two and three. Mm-hmm. So it creates a, a great diversity of archetypes. I mean there's probably Ten different archetypes, if not fifteen. You know, just the color combinations. You can theoretically go any two colors, and you can theoretically, I mean, maybe not any two colors, but like as long as they're next to each other on the wheel, you can do them, or within two of each other on the wheel. Yeah, and, and you know, then you have the three color and four color and five color decks. This is gonna sound sick. You said that it's sped up, and I agree with you, but I also think it's slowed down a turn as well. 
I think that the late game control decks has gotten more viable. They have gotten, yeah, they've gotten much more powerful cards as well, but they've also sped up their curves by having a higher quality defensive creatures early. Yeah. You know, i.e. the typhoid rats. Like I'm looking at this Saltai Skullkeeper right now who is just like, you know, very much everything that a Saltai deck wants. Yeah, like it blocks, it puts itself in the graveyard and two other cards, which speeds up your delve. Right. And then you also have the, uh, Saltai uh, I, I forget the name of it, but it's the one one that manifests when it dies. Oh yeah, we talked about him earlier. Yeah, like, that guy's insane. That's a good card for that type of deck. Yep. Where you're just like, okay, this is just, you know, this is fine. I get the block for a turn. Oh, with he it. goes in the graveyard so he can delve, and I upgraded him. Yeah, so it's like I, I get the block. I get two blocks out of this one creature. Um, yeah. And that's going to get me to where I can start dropping my big stupid two eight mastodons. Yeah, for sure. Like. I mean, definitely the aggressive decks are, I think that they're a little bit more viable now. You know, it, it's not just like the, the white red aggressive variants, there's other ones as well. Yeah, it's not white red, black red, and that's it. it, it there's actually more other stuff you can do. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that it's gonna be, there's just a lot of room to explore right now, which is really good. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, we'll come back to this again in a few weeks because probably next yeah, week. Yeah, I, I need to play some limited magic, man. Yeah. I need to do it. Uh, we'll come back to this probably next week because, you know, we have the Pro Tour going on. And we're yeah, absolutely they're going to play limited. limited at the Pro Tour. Um, so, and you know, we'll learn how to do it. We're going to figure more of this out and we'll let you guys know what we think about the format when that comes around. But it definitely has changed it. It hasn't been that second set that it's just like, eh. <laughs> like this set has changed the format quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, just the the way they designed the mana requirements of it, it it is very reminiscent in a lot of ways of what they were trying to do in the um, Return to Ravnica set. Uh, but it, it's just a much smoother execution, in my opinion. Yeah, changing the different styles of decks that you're going to draft with the same cards. Yeah, yeah, the first pack means a lot. Um, it, where in past sets, you know, like the return around the cut wasn't as smooth in that first pack. It, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like it, when, when they did the Dragon's Maze full set, like the first pack was the most confusing one. It made players just go everywhere and be greedy. And that's yeah. not like this one. The first pack is the one that tunes you down to two colors, and the second and third packs are the ones that lure you into third. You know what's funny? It's, just, it's a really good set design, I think. In dra- when Dragon's Maze came out, the third set of the Ravnica block, I actually have seen people, and they did well on drafts, blind pick that whole pack. So, like, I'm probably ain't going to use any of these cards. <laughs> I'm going to pick from the last two packs, and I'm going to get my Boros on. Or, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. that first pack I don't care about. <laughs> so, interesting enough. Um, but we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back in a moment. Pinnips Podcast is brought to you this week and every week by the Brainstorm Brewery, your financial podcast of note. And brainstormbrewery.com, where you can find this show, the Brainstorm Brewery, and many other articles by good financial writers. Go check it out. Hey, we're back. And, uh, news. Um, not much this week before we go off onto these crazy side tangents that we're bound to do. Uh, Wizards has an announcement about their play policy, which affects 
99.9% of our listeners does not affect them at all. <laughs> I think really what this is going to do, it's going to affect a lot of the Seattle-based Friday Night Magic locations. Right, but they need to put this out for the world to see. Yeah. Uh, so here's the deal. If you work at Wizards, uh, so all you guys that listen to our show that work at Wizards, you want to you listen up because this memo, you know, you might have missed it in the office. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, here, here's the deal. Now, if you work for Wizards, you get to go to Friday Night Magic. Um, that is the that that's really what it boils down to. Because it's based, I mean, like you can go to you like free releases. Camps? No. Why not? Because it leads to the premiere. Or you know what? You no, no, no. The way the way I read this, you're yeah. No, the state's the the independent one. There's that's not a qualifier for national. Here's one. the thing: how much, uh, how many states give out a exceeds prize totals of two hundred and fifty dollars? They don't give out any U.S. dollars. They give out packs. Yeah, but the prizes, the the packs are part of it. So, yeah, I mean, so the the wording on that, I I don't think they, I mean, okay. Way back in the day, I got two boxes for winning states, or for top eighting states, and the last time I got like half a box or 27 packs or something like that. Okay, but what, okay, so, but the whole top eight, the whole, you know, top 64 or whatever, they all get prizes, that's... You know, two hundred fifty dollars worth of prizes. No, yeah, but it's it says any prize, so it's like any one specific prize. So like, if it's two hundred fifty dollars okay. to the winner, then they can't do that. It doesn't say total prize pool. Okay, so that's one of they the can, requirements. They can play fun magic. Yeah, they can now play in uh, third party premiere play, such as the SCG opens, the Max Point series, or the TCG player five uh, Ks. They can play in those for some reason, but... No, no, they can't play in third-party premiere events. Uh, is that they're, they in the, they're in the ban list, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, so, they, yeah, Wizards employees, they can't play in pre-releases. They have to wait a week until uh, until after a week that, uh, after the set comes out before yeah. they play anything. They can't play any... Premiere. Qualifiers. Yeah. They can't play any Grand Prix. They can't do anything where they're going to make money. Yeah. So uh, you can go they, to... Yeah, and then, you what? you know, you can't play Star City Games. Like so games. they can do Friday Night Magics? Pretty much. Friday Night Magics, they can do, like... Random uh, events here and there. Yeah, maybe, Just, like, a like state championship is about <laughs> the thing that I see that you could maybe pull off. Yeah. You know, you're like, look, I I don't take any... I don't know. I mean, I don't know how exactly how it works. I don't work at Wizards. I'm sure our Wizards employee listeners, who are there are many, uh, you know, <laughs> you, can talk, you can talk to your boss about it. I'm sure he has a memo. Yeah, so but that's... But I, I think this is actually really cool. And if they do... Like, there's some really cool guys who work at Magic and, who are very famous. I'm sure that pretty much everyone who works for Magic is just a really cool person, guy or lady. And uh, if they were to just, like, ship all of them out for, like, a release event, like, not the pre-release, but the week, like, a game day, like, game day, with, like, oh, yeah, man, you know, you just get this Wizards R&D employee who comes to your store and plays. Like, that's sweet. And they get to give feedback, which is good to Wizards, totally. It is good to Wizards to actually – I mean, there is something to be said for the idea of, hey, our people are now actually going to play the game. Yeah, not just, like, the the, the kind of subculture that they're playing. You know, like, because mo- most of the cards that these guys play with – 
aren't ever going to get made and they get changed and chopped up and all that stuff. They're just like, you know, kind of, they're play testers. They're trying to break the game and, 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 you know, find all the things that are wrong with it, not actually trying to have it fun with it. Right. And you see a lot of good players who go there. They take on jobs there. And before you know it, before long, they're not good players anymore because they're trying to do all these off the wall things because they're trying to break things. They don't take the time to hone things and they, you know, some of their skills actually inside of the game begin to slip because they're playing at a more casual uh, pace than what, you know, the competitive scene is and actually having them out there on the competitive field is probably a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's great if you live near Seattle and you, and your Friday night magic has like, because, I mean, what, it, what it's really going to do is it's just going to create the sickest Friday Night Magic store ever with all the Wizards employees who all go there, and they just like them versus the locals. It's just going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. So. So, hey, man, open a car shop in Seattle and start, like, a Wizards employee discount for your Friday Night Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, we have a Pro Tour. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do, uh, heads or tails, Will? Uh, tails. You want first or second pick? I'm going to go first pick because i got to lock my guy and i got to make sure I get Stanislaw Sifka. Okay, so we're going to do our picks. Uh, he got Sifka. Sorry, man. He's, no, he's the man. Modern, he's, it was the right he's, pick. He's the man. Um, I, I Actually, he was on my list of possible picks because it's a modern GP, and I'm like, yeah, probably want Sifka. He usually does pretty good at these. And then you go and took him first, so no, that's fine. Um, my first pick... And this one is going to shock nobody, uh, is, well, it probably might shock some. I'm going to take Yuki Ichikawa just because I just believe in the guy. He's played good magic for the past year. Um, are you recording these, by the way? Are you writing these down? Yes, I, I am. These? Okay, good. I didn't know if that was my responsibility. No, I got it. Cool. I hate giving you responsibility. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good at it. I've known you a long time. You hate responsibility. I do hate it, but like, I'm, you know, I'm good at it. <laughs> okay, so I get the, I get, you know, the next pick because you got your first pick. And I've gone overseas. You've gone overseas. It's time to go stateside. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to choose Owen Turtenwald. That also does not shock me. Uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> OT, man. He's a good Magic player. Did you know about how good he is at Magic? I did. Uh, yeah. It's a shame they don't have Pro Tour sealed deck. Yeah. He would yeah. be odds-on favorite. Yeah, but I just, you know, I want to take – I just felt like taking him. So, you know, I don't have a real good reason for it. Like, you took Stanislav, who was like, you know, to me, he's like the modern guy. And I see. I, I mean, I even got my modern ringer pick is coming up next. But Stanislav, Glob, I'm pretty sure he's just the best player in the game. Okay. Uh, so who is your next pick? Sean McLaren. Very good. Very good. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure he'll come with something that has you know maybe Splinter Twin or something like that in it. But he has the best track record in modern Pro Tours. I'm pretty sure. You know, I think he won something or other. Yeah. So I like him. Okay. Uh, and your last pick? Jacob Wilson. Two Canadians on the team. Yeah, I, I also have a sick hockey team, uh, if, if it comes to it. <laughs> a Russian and two Canadians. You know, he's like, he's like, uh, uh, stand off check, but, uh, he's, uh, the legacy guy. He's had some success in modern as well. And, you know, I, I this is his pro tour. He's a, an eternal format guy. So I think he's going to come out big again. Okay. I'm, let's see. For my last pick, uh, question is, do I go off the wall? I, like I think you've, I think you've done that with Yuki already. Really? I see. I think he's had such a good year. Like, I just, I appreciate the guy as a player. I, really I still think he's a dark horse. Um, but, 
Ah, uh, damn it. See, I have eight picks in front of me. Like, I, you took none of my names, short of Sifka, and it's just like... Well, he's my man, dude. He 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 did my heavy lift in the last Pro Tour. He was my first pick last time. I'm just going to keep picking Stanislav Sifka first until he gets banned from the format with LSV. <laughs> LSV's not banned. There's no he, ban. he was for a while. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, but this is, you know, pit and rules, and right now there's no bans. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, it's just so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me more. Um, just because I know we're going to be playing some limited, I'm going to take Ben Stark. <laughs> See, that's what I did in the last Pro Tour. And it worked, dude. He had a good showing last Pro Tour. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't know how good of a modern player he is, and he's probably terrible. But, like, I know they're going to play six rounds limited, and it's like, well. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's a brand-new format, and that's that's generally what you bank on. You're like, well, dude, he's going he's gonna to at least 5-1 draft, right? <laughs> you know? I'm surprised you didn't take Reed Duke. I thought he was your dude. Uh, no, no. I, I've, I've taken him. Once, I think. Uh, I think the one time Ryan took him and he got bounced out very early. Oh, yeah. Or no, he did good and then I took him and he got bounced out like day one. I'm like, you got oh, fucking deep. kidding me. Um, so, but yeah, that's gonna be our choices. Uh, I have Yuki, Owen, and Ben. Will has, uh, Stanislav, McLaren, and Jacob Wilson. We'll see. Yeah, man. Who does the best? Um, I'm gonna be doing the scoring on this, and I will skew it as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I know, can right? I know. I gotta, so I gotta Google search how Pro Tour pick scoring works and make sure. I'm just gonna do it flat out on points, and then I'm gonna give bonus points for, uh, for like top eight. You know, like top eight semifinals, finals. Where did Ryan get his stuff from? I don't know. Dude, he came up with some crazy – he was like, okay, so 73.3%. We have Ryan on next week to referee for the for the picks. We'll, we'll have him give the stats. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I can handle it. You know, it's like if you know Sifka gets you, you know, 30 points, he's 30 points. So you can just add that up, you know. <laughs> and, like, top eight, of course, is, you know, like I'll, – I'll link a I'll link a, a, an algorithm to the to the uh, shortcuts. Works for me. Just send them to me, and then I'll use that, I guess. Uh, so there's that. Um, Get them. Yeah. So here's our topic for the week. Man, I wish I could have picked Willie Edel. Uh, yeah, I'm shocked. She I, I wanted a fourth pick, man. I thought I was getting four picks. Ah, the one three. All right, three's plenty. Well, well, Willie Edelman, I want you to know you're my fourth pick. I fucking love you, dude. Rally Pumba for life. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was just semifinals team. All right, um, tour. That's sick. Uh, that's a good dude. That is like, man. That is. <laughs> let's talk about YouTube moment for a second. Uh, and Pro Tour Charleston Finals match. You got Saito on one side and Tomoharu Kaji, and on the other side you have Willie Edel and fucking Paulo Vitor Domodorosa. Oh my God! It is that, and it's team constructed um, shared card pool through Ravnica Block. Wow, that's a sweet Pro Tour. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? It's kind of funny. Like, I feel bad for the people who play Dial in a way because, like, they did a lot of really cool Pro Tours in off-the-wall formats back in the day. And I would love to have a Grand Prix or a Pro Tour of uh, – it's composite, team-constructed, or whatever it's called, where, you know, like, there's – you can't have four copies of Siege Rhino in every – in all three decks. There's only four Siege Rhinos for the whole team. Like, yeah, and, like, you know, I can remember watching – shit, what was the name of it? All right, there was a team Rochester draft oh, in a pro dude, tour. Dude, there was yeah, and uh, <laughs> there was there were a couple of them, but there's definitely one where Gabe Nassif's team won, which was cool. Yeah, that was his never, first pro tour victory. You're never gonna see that again. 
I would love, I, you know, I would love to have it just for like a finals match or something like that. Just like bust it out once so these guys never practice it and it's just a real pure thing. Yeah, don't even tell them that it's coming. <laughs> like, hey guys, uh, for this team Grand Prix draft, it's actually Rochester. Yeah, we didn't tell you. See, we was going to do three rounds of draft, four rounds of constructed, and then the hidden format. And that just happens to be Rochester. <laughs> oh man, so good. Dude, that actually is a brilliant idea. Like, play three rounds of one, four rounds of another, and then have the, the hidden one three, that they don't find out until that day. <laughs> yeah, the pl- the pros would hate it, though. I know, but it would make watching it so much fun. It would, yeah, it would, it would, like, it would combine the Community Cup with the Pro Tour. Like, Pro Tour Community Cup, bro. Do it. Do it up, man. Community <laughs> Cup format Pro Tour. Yeah. <laughs> it would be kind of messed up, though, you know, because you couldn't make the hidden one constructed, because if they went, like, vintage, you'd be like, I, dude, sure I don't could. have yeah, a sure, vintage deck. Sure you could. You, you, do, you, make a, you make a brand new constructed format, and you provide a card pool. You like you build a block of like a large set and two small sets of any magic of your choosing, and like you can really custom tailor what you have in there, and uh, and you let them go at it. That would be sweet. Yeah, you know, there's only 300 players here, so there's only so many cards you got to come up with. Right, you got 1,200 copies of each card, and you know that there's only one or two cards that have that possibility at all. So. Yeah, they could make old cards just like they used. And, and like, and they, yeah, exactly, right? We print off special limited edition pros, and then, then you have like these sweet-ass promo cards that are also non-format, you know, non-tournament legal if you don't want them to be. Yeah, that's actually, that would be so much fun to watch. I, I would, I would tune in for that ninth round every pro tour for sure just you know because that one round could mean a lot to a lot of people <laughs> it's I just, like man i just love watching the pro backdraft <laughs> backdraft pro tour backdraft Dude, pro tour backdraft arabian nights and everyone just tries to pile on red because there's only three creatures total that have more than zero power <laughs> That's great. So now that we've come up with all these crazy formats, we're going to do some. Sorry, that was a tangent. That was. But it it leads into our main uh, topic for the day, which is baseless speculation. So (laughs) baseless speculation, future pro tour formats. (laughs) So um, we know. Okay, so just to sum up, what we're going to do is we're going to try and, you know, talk through where the storyline is going. Uh, I I would love refresher. So. As a refresher, what has happened is um, Sarkhan has traveled back to his homeland, which was not Homelands, by the way. That's that's a completely different world. That's a name of a set. He should be from Homelands because he's totally unplayable. <laughs> so he goes back to Sarkir. Um, he was he's kind of left the service of Nikul Bolas. Uh, Soren has gone there to find Ugin to possibly get him to help him with this Eldrazi problem that he has. Soren has an Eldrazi problem? Yeah. Okay, so Soren and Ugin originally locked the... Soren, Ugin, and the Lithomancer. They originally were the ones who locked up the Eldrazi. And then the Eldrazi got released by Chandra, because she's a cunt. And then uh, Soren tried to put her back in there, but it was too late by the time he got there. He needs a wizard with more power. So he's come to Tarkir to find Ugin, because, hey, that's where he found him the first time, and... He gets there to find out Ugin's dead. So Soren leaves. Um, as far as I, I can tell reading this through the story, uh, Sarkon Vol, which Sarkon means like Great Khan, I guess, and his oh, actual cool. name is Vol. Um, oh, so he's just Vol. Yeah, that like, is actually his, was just Garath. Yes, um, he is the Sarkon. Uh, he, that's actually not the his name. Sarkon. Yes. Um, so Vol goes back into the past uh, through some uh, trickerations, a little bit of help from Narset. 
Oh, uh, Narset's probably a good dude to go for for that lady dude, whatever it is. She, uh, he, I don't know. She. Is it a she? <laughs> yeah, that's a she. Whatever. Alicia, the she that was a he. I just, I mean, it's still long hair and Asian, so it could, you know, it could be ambiguous. Okay, fair. Um, anyway, so Sarkon goes back into the past. He is transported to the point where Bolas is facing off with Ugin. Bolas hits him with the death knell. Sarkon goes over to a dying Ugin, and he has a Hedron with him that he releases around Ugin that he picked up on Zendikar, and Ugin begins to heal inside of this cocoon. So we know Ugin is now alive. We also know at the moment he's inside of a cocoon. <laughs> so where does the story go from here? <laughs> Will, you want to go first? I speculate that at some point in time, Ugin has to die. Okay. Um, now, the obvious thing that people are going to say is, okay, obviously, the Eldrazi are going to come back at some point. Um, Annihilator will be gone from the cards. Uh, Morrow has flat out said that. Because um, never wants Annihilator back in stand. Annihilator was an unfun mechanic. It was, but the funny thing is, so many people say that that was one of the funnest limited formats, and Annihilator was a big reason why it was one of the funnest. <laughs> well, that's because you had Annihilator and your opponent didn't. Well, not necessarily. I, I think what it comes down to is in standard, there was too many ways to ramp out to the end. Oh, of the well, I mean, they also like when you put all the ramp they did in it. If you have if you have those cards and, and not the mana access that you had, like if you don't have Lotus Cobra into the what what's the ramparts battle ramparts? Yeah. Oh, that's not, that's probably not the right Kalani name. Heart uh, Expedition. Lotus Cobra into Kalani Heart Expedition into Annihilator Creature. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you got to do dumb shit. And Jace was available. Oh, and my God. Summoning Trap. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Summon, I, summoning Trap. <clears throat> Emrakul? <laughs> Fuck. That still works in modern. It does. It does. So... Because Ugin's back, Soren was looking for him, blah, 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 blah. At some point, people figure, you know, the showdown's going to happen because somebody's got to put the Eldrazi back in her cage. Um, so that's obviously at some point going to happen. I figure that's about two, three years down the line. And in between now and then, they got all kinds of craziness they can come up with. So I'm going to pitch a world to you, Will. All right? Oh, yeah. And I'm basing this one off of the fact that there's a movie coming. All right? There is a movie coming. Yes. There's probably world. actually multiple movies coming. <laughs> it's 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 going to be like Earth. And it's going to be called Magic the Gathering San Andreas. And you're gonna kill hookers. <laughs> Wait a minute. I I didn't do that. I did that in Liberty City. <laughs> and there's gonna be jetpacks and aliens and all kinds of other Are there jetpacks and aliens in San Andreas? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um no, I mean like Realistically and seriously, not fucking goofing around. <laughs> oh, really? Because <laughs> I could come up with some really goofy. I thought I actually thought you were being serious with the uh, up until San Andreas. <laughs> no, no, I could see them going to like. Uh, the only problem I have with that idea is they would have to tone down the spells so much to actually match a world like Earth, you know, where there is no mana. Although it could be a kick-ass artifact set. Yeah, I don't think it's time for another artifact set yet, though. Neither do I. That's, well, I mean, I don't know. Has it been seven years? No, it's what it's going to be. It's going to be tribal next for sure. Hardcore tribal. Hardcore tribal, like Lorwyn style. Yeah, maybe. I mean, probably. I don't know. Like, unless they're coming up with a new idea for a block, it goes like multicolor, monocolor, tribal artifact, enchantment is now like the newest one they've done. So, 
I mean, unless they have, like, sorcery block, which would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to do instant and sorcery block. Dude, instant block is obviously off off the table because you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you have like, to make counters. They're like, <laughs> so, well, I mean, just the the product, the game state would be unproductive. But, like, man, sorcery block has potential. It's like everything's a sorcery. Everything cares about sorceries. It's like magma, magnivores, homeworld. Yeah, that's my future magic storyline. That's where they go. Okay, um... What do you think the next world they repeat is? Innistrad, Zendikar? Ooh. Um. Uh, I man, don't I don't. Think it's I don't. Alright, so like, I'll, I'll, I'll go along with you on this one, and I'll say that like, Zendikar is probably a little bit off, right? Because it's going to take a little bit of time to marshal the forest to slay the Eldrazi. Yeah. So that's probably, that's probably a couple of years, uh, you know, coming down the road. I, okay. I could, it's definitely, Hmm, I'm probably not going to Alar because that place is super multicolor. So, like, Innistrad's, Innistrad's a possibility, but... I mean, Lorewood's still out there. Um, no, they're not going back there. That was a terrible set. Are they going back to Phyrexia? New Phyrexia? No, I'll, I'll take I'll take Innistrad. I'll say okay. that one. I think, you, I think you're pretty good on that one. Okay, I actually think, and this is going to sound a little crazy... Wait, uh, wait, what's the new one that they haven't been to yet? Isn't there another Shondalar. one? Shondalar. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Yeah, but they wouldn't be going. I guess they would be going back to it, but it's only is it video games. like the old video game? Yes. Well, they're definitely going there next. Um, but I mean, I, but the, that's from a video game, so it's not actually from the card game. Um, but oh, I, I, I thought, I thought, like, okay, so in the plane shift cards, have all of the planes re- revealed, or like that have been printed in plane shift been revealed? Um, I don't know because I never played Plane Shift. Because mm. uh, like, if there's one of those out there still floating, I, I guess we're going there. I want to know what the world's name is where the Horizon Canopy came from because I think they'll go there. Uh, but at any rate, I do think of the old sets that we've seen recently, I do think they're going to go back to New Phyrexia before any of the other ones because I actually think the Phyrexians are going to play a role in destroying the Eldrazi or at least trying to assimilate them. Hmm. I don't know, man. They've been going to Phyrexia for a long time, and it's always been good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah I know it's Mirrodin, but it's it's new Phyrexia now. Uh, there's no Mirrodin people there anymore. Like, I mean, it's been assimilated. And I can see, just by judging the story, if now, that's the case, the back I'm, to the Brothers' world. If that's the case, they'll, they, they'll assimilate, assimilate another planet before they, or another realm, whatever, before they, uh, they go back to, to the Mirrodin New Phyrexia. Well, well no, it'll be like New Phyrexia. That is their homeworld now. Well, but they're, I mean, if they're going to, if they're going to be hive-like and colonize, they're going to colonize. Right, but I think that's part of why they'll go to Zendikar, because these huge creatures that are there have the ability to just planeswalk on their own. And that's always been one of the problems with the Phyrexia, is, they have to hitch a ride with another planeswalker before they can infect the land. Well, once they can get an Eldrazi, they can all... Artifact and Eldrazi. Phyrexian Eldrazi. Like, ugh. Oh, come on, dude. You know that's never going to happen. They're like, oh, yeah, dude. It's like Emrakul, except it's it's like 14 different colored Phyrexian mana symbols. And, yeah, those you know, coming back. It, has, it has Annihilator. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I mean, but no, I mean, it makes for a good story, you know, like if they're trying to capture him at the same time, Ugin and them are trying to fucking put him down and, you know, but 
and you know Tezzeret, he's sitting on New Phyrexia somewhere, going, "Okay, I'm going to lead these fuckers." And Tezzeret's a sneaky bastard who wants to kill Bolas. So, <laughs> is Bolas still a part of the picture? Yes, he is. I mean, okay. he's. Oh yeah, I guess you said he was fighting Ugin. Well, yeah, that was back in time, but he still is like you know a part of this of what's going on. You know, he's just kind of he's always in the shadows, man. He's not dead. He's not gone. He's always there in the shadows. Okay, so we've established that point. Um, do are we going to see another Chandra? Hmm. In the set, in the main set, not the core set, you know, because like you, we see planeswalkers in the core set all the time get repeated, but like what planeswalker do you think we'll see in the next set as a new Liliana? Movie? You think a new, a new version of Liliana? I think it's about time. They've been playing. Yeah, I know. They've been doing the Liliana and Garuk thing a long time, and it's been going really well. What's Garuk up to now? He's up to four? Uh, yeah. All right, so there's, like, original, there's flip Garuk, there's draw cards Garuk, and then there's uh, the new Garuk, the seven-mana one. So, like, I think I think that'll be her as a good possibility. Like, Jace is, Jace is just, man, he's dead. So, like, I like that. Uh, maybe a Tezzeret. I could see a printing again. Or, like... Okay. Yeah, Sarkin got his third. Yeah, Sarkin did come back. Um, Nissa got her second, so she's good. Yeah, I think I think it's time for fucking just just spam a million Lilianas. People love goth chicks. <laughs> uh, let's see, as far as showing up in the main storyline, you're saying Lily? Okay, I I can see it. Uh, right. I mean, like the Liliana versus Garuk thing. It's been a it's been a thing for a while with the the veil and uh, all that shit going through him. So like, if they're telling the st- the side of the story through him, they should probably tell the side of the story through her as well. Um, yeah. Here's a sick one. I think our next new planeswalker in the main story is going to be Sarkonval. Sarkon's just got printed. Again. I know. <laughs> and I think he's going to get printed real quick again because he's no longer crazy. Nah, I mean, not not again. Like, yeah, he he's, he opens himself up for reprints again, and, like, each Sarkon has actually gotten a little bit better. Like, the first Sarkon was just totally unplayable, and the second Sarkon was actually pretty good when you could, like, minus two it to destroy your own sprouting Thrynax to get a dragon. I like uh, the first one better than the second one. Sarkon yeah, the Mad was not very good. So, okay, the different... I'm just talking about playability, and, like, the... The green-red like, one was better than the green uh, the red-black. But the green-red one saw, saw no... I'm, okay, constructed play. Right, like at the time, the Jun deck was so powerful uh, and actively liked drawing cards and actually had really good targets to blow up to make their own dragons. So you know, it was it was a reasonable thing. But uh, yeah, like the new Sarkins is really good. So yeah, I think once uh, once we see Stormbreath rotate out, like those things, everybody's gonna want them. Yeah, he's he's super super good. Once there's no Stormbreath versus Sarkin, you know, deal, he's going to become powerful, very very powerful. Like right. Op- unless they give us another option five. Well, I mean, right now the Stormbreath, the only reason it's winning that fight is because it has Prot White. That Prot is White's the good. only reason that it's winning that fight, and because White is so powerful right now. It's true. It's like, oh well, we gotta run Stormbreath uh, because White. It's it's just everywhere, you know. Every every siege rhino has White attached to it. Like that means something. <laughs> All right, so what do you think the colors of the Planeswalkers in the next set will be? I, I, I mean, I, that's probably not storyline as much, but I you know, no, I'm not sure more about that. Cool color? 
Well, I mean, if they're single color, do call it dual color. I mean, it's speculation. It's baseless, wild, wild speculation. Yeah, it's completely baseless. Like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Um, this is us filling time, actually. <laughs> no, no, we like to have some fun here and there. Um, but I, I know what I want to see, and I don't think I'll see it. Uh, I would like to see blue red. Yeah, it's, it's, it's close, man, because they made Rawls Eric. But he wasn't or, legal for, uh, not him. Sorry, I'm thinking of a, Rolls or I'm thinking of Dak Fade. Yeah, bad. yeah, Rawls Eric, he's the right one. Yeah, but and he wasn't, like, he was good. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's a possibility they'll go there again. Yeah, um, either that or I would love to see a black green, but, I mean, really, realistically, the only one of those we've had was, uh, I think we gotta get a Garuk, white green one. And it's, got, it's flipped. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we'll definitely get a red one. No, we got a red one the last one, too, so we'll get a blue one. Blue one. Yeah. The mermaid, probably, from the video game. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a blue-white one. Um, we haven't had one of those since Vencer, I believe. It's been a while. That'd be a good one. Uh, white, well, no, white-green just happened, too. Yeah, that was a Johnny. Um, so, maybe an enemy color? Uh... I think I'm, I'm Dude, they've been hitting enemy. them all, man. Yeah, yeah if it's going to be enemy color, I actually think it's white red. It's been a long time since the white red one. It's been like a Johnny Vengeance was the last one. Yeah, probably. So I think I think that this white, this white and red getting better thing is just only going to continue. That's scary. Yeah, I know, man. That's like, it's not the kind of magic I necessarily like when my opponent is playing. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't really like to play it myself either. But like, man, it just leads to kind of. Non-fun, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, well, that's enough stupid speculation or baseless speculation. <laughs> Look, if any of that turns out to be right, short of, I do believe. It's 100%. on record. Yeah, but it, this is also going to be on record. If any of that turns out to be right, we're geniuses because it, that was all just crap off the top of our head. I do believe, though, 100%. That it's going to be a couple of years before Ugin faces off with the Eldrazi. That I'm solidly behind. You think that's like the the next big like the the under the plot behind the plot? Yeah, I think that's the next big end. Like the multi format. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, the invasion was the end of the the first Phyrexian saga. Yeah, even how like I mean, even if you want to take it to something that you know some players newer players might uh, grasp. You know the how uh, time spiral block mm-hmm. was the end of the Dominaria. Um, it was the end of that storyline, and it really shifted things. Um, I wanted, dude. I wanted to pick Dominaria for the for the next block, but I so they're not going there. So want to go back to Dominaria yeah. one of these days. Yeah, it'd be sweet if they do it like eight years from now. That'd be so good. What are we at? Twenty-two years now. I don't know. So that'd be thirty. I'd be down with that yeah. on the thirtieth year. Go back to Dominaria and just. You know, reintroduce Lanawar and all that other stuff to people. Right, when it's new again. Yeah, that would, that would be really cool. Uh, but we're gonna take another little break. Uh, Will's, uh, gonna do his, uh, trivia. Man, I, okay, I would like to call, you know, I, 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 I took some liberties. It's, hold on, hold on, before we do it. History trivia. Yeah, it, it's history trivia. Um, but yeah, before we do it, uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. You guys can listen to the trivia on the back side of the break, and then we'll be back with, you know, our normal closeout. And we're here with the get off my lawn trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Will, uh, old man Will is here. To, old man Will in the house. Yeah, he's gonna break down some trivia for us. Uh, first off, uh, the way you probably should do this is, uh, give us all the questions, pause, 
and then, you know, maybe read off the answers after reading the questions off again. I don't know how we're going to do this. Really. You know what? How about you read off the questions and then you can do the answers later and we can chat about them. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So the basis of this week's Get Off My Lawn trivia is, man, you young magic dorks these days sure do got a lot of Grand Prix going on. Man, every week there's more than one craziness, right? So I uh, I took a trip back in my time machine uh, this week, which is actually a rocking chair on my front porch, and I yell when in this rocking chair. So uh, talking about Grand Prix, the first question is, do you know where and when the first Grand Prix was held? I Never. do. Did you? No, but I have it in front of me. Yeah, right. Show notes. <laughs> uh, this is where we get to gloat over our show notes. And you may think about this puzzle. I'll use your smartphone too. Yep. So, uh, a bit of a shocker. The first Grand Prix was a constructed event. So, do you know when the first limited Grand Prix was held? Where? And also, I guess for these questions, uh, if you know the winner for the first constructed or limited Grand Prix, that is also a part of the question. But I'm bad at writing questions because it's my first time, so cut me a break. So, where, when, winner. First Grand Prix that is constructed and limited. And then, for uh, just a, a, as, a, as a bit of a reference, how many Grand Prix were held in the first full season of Grand Prix Magic? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Good questions. Uh, so, let's uh, take, <laughs> take a moment here to Ooh. think about these. How many did you actually know? Think about it, guys. Um, I actually, actually, actually knew uh, two of them. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. Um, this was all news to me. Uh, one of the answers to the winner I knew. Yeah? Yes. That's uh, cool. See, I, I knew this stuff about the Pro Tour, but, like, man, even trying to research this at all the first year of Grand Prix, is it's, it's really bad. It's just, like, when you go to look at a pairings board, that's the webpage. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and also, I, I knew how many were in the first season, but outside of that, I did not yeah. know any of these. Uh but, okay, so the first question that Will asks is, and, you know, we'll talk about it as much as we can from our memory and from what we know from the interwebs. Uh, yeah. So um, do you know where the first GP was held? Well, what is the answer to that? Uh, the answer or the answer is actually Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Okay, and that was when? March 22nd and 23rd, 1997. Okay. Uh, I was 12. <laughs> Actually, at that point in time, I was 11. <laughs> I had God not yet turned 12 that year. <laughs> like, I was 15. Yeah, it's Holy awesome. hell. And the winner was? The, manual, the winner was Emmanuel Vernet. Okay. Uh, this was a, a modified standard event. Uh, it was... It wasn't modified standard. It was modified type 2. Right. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Because it wasn't called standard back right? then. Right. You're so right. Um, and it was modified because although the set visions had been released, they did not have enough time to thoroughly accumulate the cards three weeks after the set release to have availability for the Pro Tour. Do you hear that? Or for the Grand Prix, rather. Do you hear that? Uh, Listeners, do you hear that? Guess how many players were there? Um, I'm going to It's a Grand Prix. 110. Yeah, it's 330. That's actually really good. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's a, that's a not a, that's like a, it's like, man, that's a big pro PTQ. It's a giant Friday Night Magic that is not a Grand Prix by these uh, today's standards. But the thing is, like, if you look back at some of like the, especially because this one was in Europe, but you look back at a lot of the old American Grand Prix and you do see 200 people Grand Prix. Yeah, it's true. Especially like out west and in the mad, in, in the Midwest, there just weren't a lot of people who showed up. Travel was hard. Things were a lot different back. 
man. People didn't travel for these. It's like, why well, go to Chicago to play Magic? Like that, that would just blow people's mind to think I'm not. I live in Pittsburgh. Why would I go to Chicago to play exactly. Magic? Um, so yeah, that was that question. Uh, cool, cool. I like that one. This one I like a lot too. Um, this is the one that I knew one of the answers on. Uh, who won the first limited, or who, or, I'm sorry. Where was, was, where and when was the first limited Grand Prix? Yes. And, uh, that was in Washington, D.C. in April 26th of 97, so a little over a month after the, uh, first one. Yeah, they were just pumping them out. Pumping them out like mad. <laughs> <laughs> like license plates in a prison, man. And uh, our winner, and the only reason I know this is because of how notorious he is. He's a very notorious dude. Uh, this was the Wild Wild West of Magic, so I'm this not Hints out. You have a couple more seconds to answer this to yourself. All right. I, I even have a better one. This guy won a Votor game without a win condition deck. Yes, he did. Uh, this was the Wild Wild West of Magic. This is when people played Magic. And cheating was, I mean, you kind, kind of part of the game. I don't know. It was part of the game. Oh, man. There's so many ways to cheat. If it wasn't for this guy, a lot of the rules that are in the book would not exist. Dude, oh, wait, wait. Another great story about this dude. In the days of accumulated knowledge, which is a two-mana instant that draws you a card and then draws you a card for each copy that's in your graveyard, he had put four copies in that were bent inside the sleeve to be noticeably, you know, slightly noticeably different and shuffled the rest from everyone else and he claimed that he borrowed them from a friend and that person is michael long yes mike long the Uh, biggest scumbag in magic history (laughs) you know what man he's so notorious that i i almost i mean i do respect him i do even though he's a cheater and he's you know he's a terrible dude and if i ever played against him i'd feel real bad but like man he is the original scumbag yeah uh the the funny thing is and i'm not joking about like the game, as far as the rules go, would not be where it's at, and judges wouldn't be trained to right. look for specific things. Without guys like this, for sure. Without this guy. Like, he pushed this game forward in his own fucked up backwater way. He also played some, some really cool decks and some really cool magic, and you can't, oh. I mean, you're not cheating all the time. Dude, every year, there's somebody who makes a case for this guy being into the Hall of Fame. I know. And, and like, if you look at his wins and, you know, his numbers, he probably deserves to be dude, in. Dude, if Saito doesn't get to be in, he should be in. Come on, in. Saito's right. even back and playing again. But right. Saito logged before Mike Long. Mike Long, I mean, Mike Long is our Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely Pete Rose magic. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. He, he is a huge, huge cheater. Uh, it's, if, I mean, you can look this stuff up about him. This guy is, he was the scumbag of magic. He's got a rap sheet, man. He's famous. <laughs> he has a rap sheet. Um, yeah. And he actually, it was weird because during the old Grand Prix, um, as I'm sure you noticed when you uh, looked at your link that you have there. First and second place, there was no difference in prize money. So it was $500 difference. Was, was there? I thought it was 3700 yeah. each. No, it's 17 and 1200 each. Oh, okay. Or yeah, 17 for first, 1200 for second, 600 for third, fourth. Oh, okay. Um, but like, man, talk, this, this top 32 is super impressive. Yeah, the, the Grand Prix back then were 5Ks. That's, that's what they gave out. They gave out yeah. 5K in prizes. Oh. Like, that's a joke now. Like, you know, people don't. Uh, you might get a hundred people to show up to a TCG 5K. <laughs> That's true. And that that was their GP. So I mean, you look at it that way, the way it is. Um, now this question, uh, I also knew the answer to for some strange reason. Just just real quick, they played the the set or that they drafted. It was actually the first block that was ever meant to be to, designed to be drafted. They were they were drafting Mirage and Visions at this time. Four hundred four players. Ooh, Viashino Storm Dragon for the win. Yeah, sweet sweet set. Yeah, yeah, Necrotals. 
I mean, like that was an Is interesting. Is it Necrotal? Ad- I always thought it was Necrotal. I, you know what? I've heard it said so many different ways. Oh. Um, I don't really know. It could be Necrotal. I, I, that's what I've. Eh. I mean, like the way you say it, Necrotal, it does sound more evil than Necrotal. Well, Necrotal sounds like people just took a play off of the word Necro, and Necrotal sounds like a person. And when you see the original picture of him, like, it, it's like this dude. It's definitely yeah. a dude with a sword. And I can see that being his name. Like, Man, you know. that card is so good. It's a terror and a one first strike dude. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, the last question is, how many GPs were in the first season? And if you have a hand with all of your digits, you have the answer. Oh, it's so brutal. Five. Five. So you had five Pro Tours, or five Grand Prix and four Pro Tours as being the only large Magic events available, and like sketchy-ass coverage, if any, at best. Mm-hmm. It has come a long way in the 17 years of, of Grand Prix Magic. Nowadays, we have five a month. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> Damn kids in your Magic all the time! So, Mr. Fisterbottom, what the hell have you been up to? Um, I've been working. All right, uh, <laughs> making them flapjacks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually I've been working all mornings lately. I, I do. I've been doing fish on Fridays at night, which is sweet. And like, they let me be loud on Friday nights, which is just great because I just <laughs> like, dude, I like, I am so joyous to be given fish to make. I just like do cartwheels and shit. Really? Like, yeah, fish. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's like screaming and shit. Like, give me that fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're doing the old McDonald's commercial. <laughs> so, uh, oh, give me that. Give me that. Um, yeah. uh, what are you doing? Like, are you uh, doing the bakes or are you doing the fries? It's just fried fish on Friday. Uh, okay. It's, it's like Lent all year round, and or everyone's Catholic or whatever. You just, you know, fish. Fish. It's cool. I mean, it's sweet and our fish is decent, but, uh, like, I, uh, had this cook meeting thing coming up, so I was just stressed super hard about it and found out what the meeting was about and made sure that it was about cleaning and cleanliness and bullshit and hours and, like, dude, I made a list. I, I did shit that, I mean, I cleaned the fuck out of my kitchen. I, I pulled everything out from behind the wall and that hadn't been done and god knows how long and just had to use like like a paint scraper blade to get the grease off the off the off the ground and you know um in an unnamed restaurant where i work <laughs> but, yeah we don't want you guys sending yelp reviews to yeah, it whatever. I mean, it up. it's good that we don't cook the food back there we cook it on the top <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, so like you know and then just had the the meeting today and drank a long island ahead of time and had like this dude i got crushed at lunch today just this I mean, like fucking to goes from everywhere like out of 20 fucking order to go i'm just the only guy making it on like a grill that fits five sandwiches at a time that's awesome I've been and then i have two man dude and i have people like eating too so so like you know i just probably made enemies with my bosses like i fucking care at work <laughs> yeah you was telling me a little story i don't know if you want to put it on the show or not about what you told your bosses during oh the yeah no there was so like <laughs> made me laugh topics of the meeting were like you guys are punching in too early you can't get here 20 minutes early 10 minutes early is all you get and um you know you got to clean more and i'm like well here's this list front and back and then uh you know like uh well, there's all this extra cleaning that we're seeing that's not, you know, getting done, 
you know, why aren't you doing it? And I says, well, because you didn't tell anyone. Like, you need to, you need, this is like where you need to manage us. You need to say, like, hey, you have this downtime. Like, you should do this. Like, that is your job. You know? I, I mean, it, it did get a little worse, too. Like, the one guy, he's my, he's my chef. And I, and I like him. And I think he's a really good cook. I think he's a really good cook, too. And, uh, he just talks about, like, how hard he's reaching, you know, because he, cause he, he's, like, managing two restaurants that are across the street from each other, which is just too much responsibility. But he gets paid more money to do it, so he does it. And uh, he just says how hard he's reaching. And I'm like, yeah, you want to reach? And I just stuck my hand in my pants pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you get what you pay for. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I did like that earlier. He was like, yeah, you're the manager. Manage yeah. us. <laughs> you know, like. Well, you're not doing this. Well, like, dude, when did you tell us to? Like, come on, man. You can't just expect us to do things for, dude. And, and like, I'm the second highest paid guy in the kitchen at $10 an hour, and there's like five people there. Like, there's, there's, there's guys that make 850 to get their dicks kicked in. It's terrible, man. Yeah. I, like, my goal now has become to get everyone paid more in the restaurant and then quit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's true, though, because, like, I know, you know, just from the jobs I've had, you know, like, look, if you're going to be that guy, you do have to tell everybody else what to do. You can't expect anybody you can't just sit across to just do yeah. what they're supposed to do. You have to be the guy going, this needs to get done. Like, I know yeah. on my job, I'm like, you, fill up that wheelbarrow, put it over there, rinse, repeat. <laughs> You know, like, I, my job is to cook food and, you know, like all the other cooks there, like, we don't have dishwashers. We don't have guys to clean. We don't have any of that. It's just cooks. So it's like, we're thinking about cooking food. And when we don't have to cook food, it's like, oh, good. I get to relax. Yeah, smoke there break. Was, hey, if there's a list that says every week this stuff needs done, sign off when you do it. Like, it'll all get done. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Uh, I've been up to anything else. Um, uh, honestly, no. Yeah. <laughs> I have been working and sleeping. You know, it's just kind of what I get to do right now. That's a shame. Um, so, so Magic Online, you figure next week maybe? We'll see. I, uh, man, bills are tough. I, uh, I just got crushed <laughs> with it. My girlfriend moved out, all this shit. So, like, man, I want to play Magic Online. I, I want to play Magic in general. I, ooh, wait till shout outs. But, uh, I, um, you know, I, I'm definitely going to draft this set this week. I have absolute faith that by next Tuesday, I will have formed my own opinion of the cards. Sweet, sweet. Not just speculation. That's cool. Um, I mean, you're a smart guy. You're able to look at lists and uh, gather but, what's going on. You know on. what, though? I, man, I but feel playing like, it does I'm help. a bad pre-release guy. I'm an excellent release guy. Pre-release, I'm terrible. I need to see all the cards happen first and see how they all fit together. You know, that's when I get to figure it out. Yeah, I'm a real good pre-release guy. Real good pre-release guy. I can look at cards and go, all right, yeah, that goes with that. Yeah, I mean, I can generally, I mean, I can usually build a pool and stuff. Like, as far as feeling like I understand something, I just need reps. Feel you. I feel you. For some reason, I'm always best at the early beginning, and then it seems like everyone catches up to me. Find things early, that's for sure. And people catch up to me, and I go, oh, crap. I got to adapt, and at that point, it's too late. (laughs) I'm just kind of always trying to adapt. Yeah, um, well, I, I fall in the ruts where it's like, well, this is working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why would I change? Until somebody makes me change, I'm just going to keep doing this. And, yeah, yeah, I've, I've fallen on my ass a few times because of that, though. Heard. Uh, <laughs> Man, I've fallen on my ass a bunch. You know. Uh, so, I mean, I've been kind of busy. The wife has finally gone back to work. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, you know, I'm so glad. Monday was her first day back, so it was like three months off after the surgery. She's back to work. Um, she's almost back to herself. Almost. 
And you know she's she's yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm I'm happy for that. But now I have to get up every morning when she needs to go to work, drive her into work, come home, and like I'm not one of these people who fall back asleep real easy. So I don't. I have not been sleeping. I recommend bourbon. Yeah, but in the middle. Of, but here's the thing. I also have to be up to go get her when she's done. Mm. So like, drink it real fast and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slugging them back at four thirty in the morning like your snow tomorrow. Lessons of life from Will. Yeah, like tomorrow I got to get up like four thirty. You know, at least drive her to work. At least you're not going to work right now. At least you get to go back home. That's true. Um, and then uh, also I've just this weekend I've played in uh, two sealed events and a draft. Oh man, tell me all about it. Uh, the I did a pre-release one. I picked Mardu again. I, I don't know why. I, again, I've fallen into this rut. I just seem to always go Mardu. I don't know why. Um, well, I mean, if you identify with it and you like it, then, you know, if you like those colors and play it. I know you like the tack. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not even that. It's just like every time I go to grab something else, I go, wait a second. White, black, red has all of the removal. <laughs> that's of all the removal. It's all three removal colors. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to play with removal, and it just it sucks me into that as uh, every time. And so I did that. Um, the bad part of this weekend is neither one of my pools were good. Um, they weren't good in any color combination at all. Like it was just ugly. Uh, uh, man, this I don't like the seated stuff. Right. Well, the seated one, you know, that was just not good. Um, then other people just got overpowered because of their seating. And I ended up going 2-2. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I got a pack. Right. You get a pack. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, so then I played in a uh, another normal sealed. This was released. Uh, again, I went 2-2, which is pretty disappointing. Um, I I did not like my deck, really. But at the same time, I felt like I could have went 3-1 with it. Like, there was a couple play mistakes in one of the games. Where play mistakes like, suck. I hate play mistakes. Yeah, and the bad thing was, like, I'm building, and I'm like, I'm going Teamer. And I'm looking at the deck, and I'm looking at the cards, and I go, nope, going Mardu. <laughs> going Mardu. See, I'm like the guy who's just like, I'm going Teamer. Like, my original plan was like, you know what? Like, I was, you know, I'll immediately you click over, you go, sort by rare. Yeah, sort by rare is a good way to start your seal. So I look at it and I go, this looks like a decent teamer and or Jess guy, because there was a uh, flying crane technique. That's a card. So I'm like, I'm let's... flash in the teamer for it. That was so sick in the teamer deck. So I'm like, let's see what we can get here. You know, and I start looking around and, you know, judging, you know, what can I possibly fit in here? And it's just like, I, I finished building this teamer deck with the splash for the... uh uh, flying crane technique, and my curve started at like four. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, because I had the saber tooth, and I'm like, a card. yeah, I'm like, ah, that's like my earliest drop. Like this is bad. You can't, you can't play that. No, so I I make some audibles. I try to take out one color, and I'm like, eh, it still doesn't look right. <laughs> try to take out another color. Did you have salt eye available? Uh, no, no. Uh, the green was the problem. The green yeah, was all like, <laughs> like four is where it started. It was like with the saber tooth is where it started, and it didn't have any ramp whatsoever. But I had the big dumb elephant too, and I'm like, and I really want to play green, these green cards, right? I'm like, ah, I really want to play these, but I can't. So I end up falling into Mardu because my black was really good. Like no joke, the black was good. I was like, I had that uh, uh, the uh, demon that. Your opponent sacked down to two creatures? Yes. Yes. We talked about him. Yes. Rewind the episode and listen to it again. Yes, I have Damn him, it. and I'm like, 
playing against this one dude who, like, his whole deck was just Manifest 2, Manifest 3, Manifest 4. And I'm just like, you dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, damn it. So, you know, like, I mean, but I only went 2-2 two, two with it. And I feel kind of bad about that. I felt like I should have went 3-1 with the deck. But it happens. Um, so then magic. I, yeah, then I get into this draft. Uh, and, you know, go figure. What do I draft? <laughs> Um, did you draft Saltai? Pack one, pick one. I get the, uh, what is he? He's a 3-2 that you can raid and target creature can't block. The Mardu Heal Cutter. Yeah, so that's my pack one, pick one. Common? Yeah. What was your rare? What was your Um, your uncommon? Shu Yun. Ooh, um, that's a that's a card. Yeah, I'm not comfortable really with blue in this format unless there's like the only time I seem to move towards blue, and I really gotta with the new set I gotta trust it. Um, in the old set it was like I had to open like a dig through time or something like that to make me go okay you can do blue you know a Jeskai ascendancy something that's like okay you can do blue, uh, but with the, I was just like ah. It's like that heel cover's good. I know it's good. So then I go pack two, you know, pick or pack one, pick two, and I get another heel cutter. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think starting in red is a really good idea in pack one. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at, and then I get some black, and I got a touch of white uh, towards the end of the old draft, and I play my first round, dude, and I am so tired of losing to the deck with six of the two eights in it, and because I always lose on time. Play faster. I, dude, I can't click any quicker. It's just there's no attacks for me to be making. And I'm like, motherfucker. Then F6. <laughs> I, I'm doing that. Mm. I just, like, like today I lost and literally, okay, he's at five life. I have four creatures on the board that deal well over five damage. He has two creatures. I have a worst hole as well. And I top deck uh, Reach's Shadows. Okay, that's the terror, five mana terror. Yes. I have nine seconds. I was unable to complete it. Dude, if I had another ten seconds, i win this match. <laughs> Literally ten seconds. Like, I'm sure there's somewhere in that game where I could have found ten more seconds. I was just going to say that. God damn it. You know, it's just... Yeah, that's something I... I play Magic Online real, real fast. I, I played a lot of... Um, uh, Blue black teachings popper, which mm-hmm. is like the slowest deck ever. It's like a blue blue back deck with no finishers. Yeah. And uh, so you know you just when you play the mirror and that you just have to you just have to be faster. So I don't know what it is uh, since I switched from V because when I was on V three I never got near time ever no if ands or buts like never happened and since it's gone to V four I found myself going to time a lot more. Maybe uh, you're just getting old and thinking longer. I I don't know that it's that. I, I think it might be just some of the procedures of the, of the V. I'm just not quite used to it. it I, I think a lot of it has to do with my laptop. To be Dude, right. I'm bad at the new for, at the new uh, interface. Yeah, for sure. I make I make interface errors at an alarming rate. Yeah, I think a lot of it actually has to do with. Uh, I don't have a mouse for my laptop. You should buy a mouse. So it, it, I probably should. Oh, sitting on my other computer. Plug it in. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, but I think that's a big part of it because, like, I'm using that ta- that pad in the middle. Yeah, the pad is terrible. And it, yeah, well, it's that's gonna cost oh, you. That's gonna cost you two minutes and a half. Yeah. So, like, I I think that's probably the biggest problem with it. Uh, so there's that, and like, I win my second round, right? I'm like, okay, cool, you know, uh, cause I, you know, it's early in the format. My first couple drafts, I always do, uh, Swiss. 
Like, I want to play the cards. I want to see what's what. Um, yeah, I mean, I think playing Swiss until you're ready for to, like, to win A4s, two out of threes is necessary. Yeah, I usually spend, like, the first week or two just playing in the Swiss room when a new set comes out. And then I just start going A4s after that because I see what everything does. Like, even if, I, if I'm not really getting the numbers I expect in Swiss, I still look at it and go, yeah, but I've seen everything that can be done. Now I just have to create my plan. Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's so consistent. Like, you, until you are really, really getting a, a 50% rate of getting to the final round, it just, you know, the two, the two guaranteed packs is generally what it ends up being. It's just really, really good. Yeah, it is. Um, but it, it's also just wanting to play against a higher quality player as well. Like, I'm going to see. Oh, yeah, for there's sure. There's only so much I'm going to see about the format in the Swiss room. Yeah, and like, so, and, and the drafts are not consistent and you don't get to read signals properly, you know? Yeah, so when I go to the 8-4s, I do see that higher level as well. And it's like, okay, now, now I get, now I get the format better. But I do have to get through that initial phase where it's like, okay, now I just need to see it. Um, so I, I win the second round. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm 1-1. One, one. You know, that's a pack. I, I'm getting my pack back uh, because it's, you know, double cons, one Fate Reforged, and I got a Fate Reforged back. I'm like, okay, got my Fate Reforged back. Cool. Um, so, so, cool. Uh, oh, by the way, on the release events, I won three uh, with the t- for the 2-2. Two, two. But That's good. Yeah, so and I had four back some. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, do this draft, blah, blah, blah. So then I'm sitting there after round two, and I'm looking at the timer, and it's up to one hour, six minutes, and I'm like... 50-minute time limits. Plus sideboarding. What the hell is going on? I was like, I'm sitting there doing the sideboarding. I'm like, okay, that's two. They give you two minutes or three minutes for sideboarding or two and a half minutes. But I'll give it three. That one game, you add another six minutes to it for two Mm. rounds of sideboarding. It still shouldn't be at one hour, six minutes. So I sit there for another, and I send a picture of it to Trick. I'm going, is this even possible? And he doesn't get back to me right away. But I wait until one hour, 20 minutes. Holy shit, that's the longest <laughs> round ever. And I go, what the fuck? And I log out. I'm like, this is a half an hour oh, the time. I know no. that something's wrong here. So I log out, log back in. I have been DQ'd from the f- fucking yep. tournament. And it, round three is 36 minutes into it. Yep. And I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. Did you send a redemption request? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I sent him a picture and everything. I got it back within an hour. That's good. So, you know, I'll be drafting again tomorrow, obviously. Um, but it was kind of disappointing to get that. Um, I got to play with a lot of the cards this weekend that I didn't get to play with during the original pre-release weekend. In, in Mardu colors. Yeah, in Mardu colors. Um, I, dude, I just... I want to get away from it. Trust me. But then do. But I need Pick a reason. green cards. I need a reason to. Like the the one day I, I sat in a down, green dragon, dude. Just do that. <laughs> okay. The one day I sit down, and I'm like, it's the end of cons, and I'm going. All right, I'm not drafting Mardu. Crack the first pack, and it's like uh, Butcher of the Horde. <laughs> like, you gotta be fucking you kidding play, me. You pick Butcher of the Horde. <laughs> right? And then, like, second pack, I crack, and it's like Crackling Doom. I'm like, fuck you, I guess I'm playing this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why the Crackling Doom's still there. <laughs> no, that was, no, that's what I got. Oh, cracked. pack two? Yeah, I'm almost like, I, I'm playing it. I can't get away from it at this point. Like, I was thinking, maybe I'd go black one. Well, you know, I mean, some people just, just play one. Alright, so there's like two different philosophies he's going wide versus going deep and going wide you just have a, a you know you explore a lot of different strategies so you have a lot of different things but you don't have a deep understanding of all of those and going deep 
is you just have the one strategy, you know, every single card and how to use every single one properly at the best time in every single situation you're going to face. You've seen all the other cards from the same table with the same cards in your hand. And ultimately, a lot of that shows that going deep into one philosophy is going to get you really good results in the game long run. Guys like Craig Wesco, etc. You know. Yeah. No, I get that. I usually, usually, I I do kind of get wide. I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, early yeah. on, I pick a strategy and I stick with it for the first couple weeks, and then I usually go, all right, I'm going to play all these other colors. You know, I'm going to learn these other colors. You know, to the best I can, and. You still do a lot of learning on the other side of the table. You do. Uh, seeing what other people do, I mean, I learn just as much from that as I do playing it. You know, a lot of times they're making a better play than I would make anyway because I'm not used to playing those cards. Um, but, like, I tried in cons to force, you know, in the blue a couple of times. It's like if I didn't have, like, a treasure cruise and I didn't have a dig-through time, like, it was miserable. Um, although I, wa- I, I will say I've played a good bit of Jeskai. And done well with it, but that's just more do with tempo. Yep, it's just, I mean, it's still the same white red shell, so. Pretty much. I mean, well, Mardu's can be more of a black white shell with the red more for like removal. Um, so it is slightly different, but it's, they're very similar decks. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do gotta, I, dude, I've played very little Sultai. I think since Khan's come out, I've done Sultai twice, and it was only because like, I got past a late villainous wealth and was like, I can't let that go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know how super great Saltai was though. Like, it's okay. definitely not the, the the stuff that jumps out of packs at you. I mean, I've done Teamer a few times, but I mean, the majority of what I've played Teamer's kind of my wheelhouse. So okay, yeah, I can see that out of you. But the majority of what I've played, it seems like, has been Mardu, then Jeskai, then Teamer, then Obzan. Which I thought coming into this, I was going to play Obzan all the time. Yeah, but it's slow and grindy though, and that's not your style. Yeah, and then it was like, and then last the Saltai, and it's just like. Man, I really gotta sit down and play all these. I play probably, I, I realistically have played five color more than I've played Sultai. Yeah, but five color's sweet. It is. It's fun. When you can get it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of been my week. I mean, I've actually been just playing a lot of magic, watching a lot of Netflix. Uh, I just grinded through, uh, oh, what the hell was that series called? Fate Zero. Okay. Um, really, I mean, like, I enjoyed it. It was like, you know, sorcerers. That's sweet. In the modern era, who could summon uh, spirits from the past, give them physical form to fight for them for a holy grail. Which the winner winner of the holy grail, you know, could make a wish, one wish that it wanted, you know. So kind of, kind of Highlander format. Kind of, and it starts out with seven people, and it whittles down. Eventually, you know, you get to actually like some of these characters, and you begin to root for them. And it's like, I hope this one wins. You know, the big fight, and it's like, I, I know the one that I wanted to win died. Killing your darlings, <laughs> that's what that's called. Yeah, so and the guys that, that the, your target audience is supposed to like are supposed to die. Yeah, I mean, I think the winner, the eventual winner of it was one that I kind of saw coming, but at the same time, there was like three other ones that I very easily could have seen winning it. Like, just on their power level that they showed you. It was like, Gilgamesh was one of the fighters, uh, King Arthur, who was a woman. Who's name? Lady Arthur. Well, I guess that, you know, her name was Arturia. This this is the story they gave, and then they said like, uh, because history is what it is, they changed her to a man. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, Lancelot was that's fighting. The, yeah, that's a totally reasonable reach. Right. Um, let's see. I said Gilgamesh, Arthur, uh, Lancelot, 
uh, Alexander the Great. You know, people from the past. That's sweet. Bluebeard was in there. Bluebeard? Yes. He's a, a pirate. No, 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 no. No? No, you're thinking of, like, Blackbeard. Bluebeard is a French uh, fairy tale. Oh, yeah? Um, it's about this guy. He uh, marries a bunch of wives, kills them all. Sweet. I like this guy. Uh, they're all hanging in this room in his house, and he gets this new wife, his true love. Like, he finally found the woman that he didn't want to kill. But he still had all these bodies hanging in this room. So he tells the new wife, whatever you do, we will live a perfect, great life. I will never do you wrong, blah, 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 blah. The only rule I have is you never go in that room. And then he comes home to catch her in that room. And, you know, just horrible atrocities that he did. She sees him. He fucking kills her. It's crazy. It's a good read. Go back and read it. Um, it's, uh, it seems like it, it teaches a lesson to those who would be promiscuous. Hence the fairy tale thing. Yeah. Uh, but he was one Morals. of the characters. Did it. Yeah, it was really oh, that's cool. That's sweet. Yeah, man, I like that dude. I'd like to hang out with him. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, like, this is what I spent a week grinding and watching and caught a few movies on Netflix and what have you. But, like, that's kind of been my life for the past week is just like magic and Netflix. and That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Um, but, uh... So we gotta beg for money. Yeah, you should definitely give us money. Um, yeah, monies. Uh, there's a GoFundMe. Account. Yeah, there's, there's a link to it in the show notes. Every also, week, you know. I, I put it right in the show description. You can go in there. You can click on it. Here's the deal. We made some progress this week. We did. Um, I, I say, you know, literally from each fan, you know, if each fan gives us five bucks, we get there no problem. And here's how you have to look at it. This year. And this is going to be my sales pitch, folks. So check this out. Angelo's selling sales. This year, you're going to get between probably right around between 75 and 100 hours of content from us. And that's just this show. And, you know, if you want to look at it as, okay, I'm paying $5 for a year's content, 100 hours possibly of content, that's a pretty good deal. Think about it. Uh, you know, so... Think about that. You know, toss five dollars like or twenty cents an hour. Is that what it breaks down to? That's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it might be less than that. I mean, it's no, not that, much money. That seems right. Um, I don't know. It's maybe not, it's two cents an hour. It's something with a two in it. Yeah, my, I'm, I'm drunk, so my desk, my decimal places are all <laughs> fucked up. I'm probably just dumb now too, because okay. I drink all the time. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so yeah, that's you know, if if you can throw us five bones to help towards the studio and towards, you know, some of the legal stuff and towards us streaming and shit like that like it's we could really use the help because you know you heard what will makes an hour <laughs> yeah i man i make 50 sandwiches an hour <laughs> and you know i don't make much more than him and i'm laid off for three months of the year so yeah we're not doing real great but if you could give us some help for you know what we do put out we'll we put out for money yes <laughs> Yes, we will. A <laughs> hundred hours of putting out for five dollars. <laughs> we're gonna change the market. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking slave labor is real, <laughs> and it's us. Oh, it's so sad. But yeah, please so good. click in the links. Uh, it'll be you know when you look at your show description on iTunes. There's a link there. Um, please, please help us out. Um, 
Shout out to Will. I know you got plenty of them. Holy shit. You know, I don't really have a whole, I, I, I don't, I can't really go wide here, but I'm going to go deep. Uh, <laughs> dude, back to back shout outs. Colton Delaney. Uh, holy shit. He bribed the fuck out of me. Uh, I just got in my mail today, I got this custom RK post San Antonio playmat of an armadillo wearing glasses and a top hat that is number 27 of 40 signed by RK Post and like RK Post is actually probably my favorite magic artist ever like the cards that he illustrated were just just awesome Morphling and Lightning Angel and like sweet shit RK Post is the fucking dude man and like this is an amazing thing it it is worth an embarrassing amount of money online I I can't believe like thank you so incredibly much that is just so fucking cool and I played League of Legends with him which is awesome um yeah, sweet. sweet. I know he sure. sent me a uh, GP San Antonio play mat, but it was the uh, actual play mat. Yeah, I got which the- I like that dude. one. Like, yeah, dude, this one is sweet. It's like it's super Texas, man. It's it's awesome. I mean, I don't know, like what I mean. I've, I've driven through Texas and hung out there a little bit, but it's what it's what stereotypical Texas looks like. Yeah, the original one was the Alamo with. Uh, uh, spirits in front of it, soldier spirits, and I was. Oh, like but I looked at that wasn't that also wasn't the original one. That is an another special edition one that is also extremely limited edition. There's like a hundred of those made. Oh, wow. that's that's also that one. It was not approved by by Wizards, so it didn't. It's it's an unofficial playmat. The official one is something I did. I mean, I googled to look at these, and there's like three different San Antonio playmats. But like, yeah, you and I got hooked the fuck up. Oh, sweet, yeah. yeah. Oh. Giant, shout out to Colton Blaney. That guy's fucking sack. Is yeah, good dude. Yeah, rubber bands and the like. Any more? Like I said, man, deep, not long. Yeah, okay. Shout out to Long Island Ice Teas. Feel it, feel it. <laughs> Literally. Um, I want to give a shout out to Joe Fiorini. Um, dude, holy shit. He friended me on Facebook this week. Oh, my. Uh, the dude is putting in a lot of work between his writing, and he gets very little time to play, but he makes sure that he plays every day, like... He yeah. has sweet decks to play too. He has, yeah, he does. Exactly. He, it's like it's like a sports car you're supposed to drive every day. Yeah, but I mean the dedication to where he's just like I'm going to play this game every day to be the best that I can. Yep. Like, I I just have nothing but respect for him. I know when he was younger, he like qualified for a pro tour and couldn't get there. Mm. Um, so like you know, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I I could really see him finding himself back into that I qualified for a pro tour world. Uh, which would be cool. Um, yeah, he's definitely. I mean, I, dude, I I love his shit on the uh, on the Facebook. Dude, I I like it all. Yeah, uh, I mean, I want to give a shout out to a lot of the guys on the Facebook who are just the Facebook posse in general is just the shit. Can I just shout out a generic everyone who I've read on the Facebook? Yes, for sure. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to. Uh, Zach, our buddy, he, you know, from a couple episodes ago. Zach Rorta, yeah. He showed up and he joined the group. Um, so, right. you know, you got Yeah, he's been on there. He's got his thread on there. Yeah, he's a good, hey, he's a good person to, whose brain to pick when you're building decks. So that's awesome. Um, just so many shout outs to so many different people that I, I can't even really get to them all by name because, you know. I don't want to bore the hell out of everybody. So, but big shout outs to everyone, basically. And, you know, anybody, fuck it. You, sitting there, who's never conversed with me ever, but listens to this show every week. Yeah, you, you know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're the guy pointing at yourself right now. You know who you are. Shout out to you. 
motherfucker. Yeah, and, and the boys over at Caster Exile because they, course, did get, those guys. they did get a big get this week. Uh, you should go listen to it. It's Craig Wesco. You should definitely listen to Craig Wesco on that. Um, Ryan promised me, and I have not listened to the episode yet, but Ryan promised me before the episode that they weren't going to be so cast from exile. Like, they were going to be under P's and Q's and not be the dicks that they normally are. <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> He was like, we can't sit there and talk about Sid's nuts the whole time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sid really just talks about my nuts as far as, I mean, he yeah, might talk about true. his own too, but he definitely, he talks about my nuts like the right amount. Yeah, he talks about nuts a lot. It's good. You should. They're important. Yeah, so, but no, um, big shout out to them. Uh, so if you wanted to get old of me, you could get old of me at, uh, oh, wait, one last shout out. Shout out to Kevy for coming on and doing the show while I was sick. He did uh, Imps Prison with me. Go listen to it. It was cool. We talked about stuff that you would... Kevy was not a screaming, yelling drunk on this episode. He was... We actually had a good conversation about, like... Uh, the part that I really enjoyed was towards the end. We got into a pretty long tangent about how useful is a college education nowadays as far as... Mm. How should it be looked at by the general public? Because anybody now... You know, back in the day, colleges had these... You had these libraries that nobody had access to. And, like, there was this – by going to college, you had this representation of I had more access to materials and I it's learned information more. information knowledge, yeah. I had well, people t- you know. we, we have the internet. It's a good conversation. Yeah, but it's all – I mean, it's also, like, having the correct guidance to tell you the correct things True. to look and training True. you how to do that. I mean, it's – it's um, you guys listen to Kevy Metal and Angelo yeah. talk about it. We have a chat about it. Um, So go ahead listen to that. Big shout-out. Thank you. But if you it's want to get topic. a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at Pit and Pod podcast at gmail.com also gonksuo on twitter please give me a follow uh same thing on mtgo i got to add another person to the clan just you know this morning if you want to join the clan send me a message saying hey put me in the clan i'll go sure and then i'll send you an invite it's that quick (laughs) it really is um and yeah, well, how do people get a hold of you? I don't think there's anything else. Is there anything else? I have no idea. I mean, you're the man. I just do. I just follow. <laughs> I thought that was my bit. <laughs> well, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, man, I'm on Facebook a lot. Uh, specifically, I'm on the Pit Imps Posse face group. On Say Facebook. what? Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> there's a place where all these awesome magic nerds that oh. listen to this show, that think and do the same things you do, that talk and think, you know, like on the internet with their keyboards and phones about the same shit that you're thinking about with beards a lot of have beards it's true it's, i mean yeah yeah it's good it's you need good to shave ryan but um yeah um so you just uh i'm on there if you wanted to find me individually you're you know you could just facebook.com slash bad dinner or you could uh get a hold of me on league of legends i'm probably on there once a day maybe it's uh, lost my donkey check me out man Bronze for life. One of these days you'll find that some bitch. Yeah. That donkey oh, will come that back. That motherfucker, dude, I swear to God. It's, the problem is, is every time the donkey comes back, he has a bottle of tequila. Which, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just I lose him again. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's a good dude. I miss him. Oh, I yeah. feel bad for you. So uh, next week, obviously, is our big uh, Pro Tour show. Holy so shit. Pro Tour. We're going to sit down. We're going to watch a bunch of Pro Tour this week. Uh, I am definitely going to watch it. I work breakfast both days this weekend. And it's in D.C., so like the times work. I, have, I get out of work at 2. I have all the opportunity in the world to watch it. I'm so excited. That is sweet. Um, so we're definitely going to watch, you know, a good bit of Pro Tour. 
we're going to bring it to you the way we always do with, you know, round by round notes and just filling you in on the things that, so we're you also have to spend yeah. all this time watching it because, you know, realistically, I sit in front of a computer for four days when the Pro Tour comes up. Um, it's true. There's no taking that happens. There's stuff. There's writing. There's there's pencils and paper. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that you think I, we do every week, no. We do this during the Pro Tour. <laughs> like, we always watch a little bit of it. You know, some tournaments, I'll actually, you know, get to where I watch the whole thing, but I don't take notes. I work I, a lot of weekends. Yeah, so. That's my, that's my defense. I don't get to watch a whole lot. But, hey, until next week. Man, come back. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to get a sign-off. <laughs> come back? Yeah, like, come back next week. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that not good? <laughs> I, I thought you were just, like, clamoring for the listeners who were on the fence about never listening to us again. Yeah, that's exactly what well, you know, these guys, I just don't know about them. Please come back. Please. We're going to miss you, man. Come on. Right? It doesn't work. I, uh, I don't know. Ask them. Have a good one. Go fuck yourself. <laughs>